Something was wrong. I was home all alone, but the TV was on. I thought nothing of it as I grabbed the remote. I pushed the power button, and then I almost choked when I heard this awful voice coming from behind. It said, Man, I ain't even wait to see who it was. Broke inside my drawers and screamed so long, cuz. Got halfway up the block, I calmed down and stopped screaming and thought, Oh, I can't, I must be gaming. I strolled back home with a grin on my grill. I figured. Well, get ill. I walked in the house, the big bad fresh prince. But Freddy killed all that noise real quick. He grabbed me by my neck and said, Here's what we'll do. We got a lot of work here. Me and you, the souls of your friends, you and I will play. You've got the body, and I got the brain. I said, Yo, Fred, I think you got me all wrong. I ain't partners with nobody with nails that long. Look, I'll be honest, man, this team won't work. The girls won't be on you, Fred, your face is all burnt. Got mad and his head started steaming But I thought, what the hell, I'm only dreaming I said, please leave friends so I can get some sleep But give me a call and maybe we'll hang out next week I pat him on the shoulder, said thanks for stopping by Then I opened up the door and said, take care of the guy He got mad, drew back his arm and slashed my shirt I laughed at first and thought, hold up, that hurt It wasn't a dream, man, this guy was for real I said, Freddy, uh, how it's been an awful mistake here the words and then I darted upstairs Crashed through my door then jumped on my bed Pulled the covers up over my head Said, oh please do something with Fred He jumped on my bed, went through the covers with his claws Tried to get me, but my alarm went off And then silence, it was a whole new day I thought, <laughs> I wasn't scared of him anyway Until I noticed those rips in my sheets And that was proof that there had been a nightmare on my street Come on, come on. 
I'm sorry. <laughs> Why are you sorry? Don't apologize for that. That's that. That makes me so happy. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a great way to start off this show. Fucking kids. God, thank God Aaron's kids. here. I would just get shit for this the rest of the show. <laughs> kids today just don't know what it is to uh, appreciate the Fresh Prince. They yeah. just don't understand. Kids just don't yeah. understand. Yeah. <laughs> that was uh, playing us, and of course, DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. With Nightmare on my, my Street, which was one of my favorite songs at a certain time. That, that yeah, <laughs> back then I remember that was when Fresh Prince was actually like a serious musician. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, before, <laughs> okay, you know, serious. he had a TV. That was, serious. Hey, man, don't you judge. You must not know what hip-hop was rap. back then. <laughs> I mean, come on, Rapper's Delight. Have you ever listened to that? Mm. That's not far removed. It's true. But uh, yeah, and also uh, during the, uh, the the Nightmare on Elm Street craze. Yeah, it was also around the time that every movie had a song specifically about that movie. Mm. Yeah, and like uh, City of Crime with Dragnet. Oh God, yes. <laughs> which was one of my favorites. Can we play that. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Dragnet retrospective. <laughs> I may actually still know all the words to City of Crime, to be honest oh, with you. God. Well, let's find out. <laughs> well, that, we'll save it. <laughs> The, the Virgin Connie Swale. The vir- don't you mean the Virgin Connie Swale? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I love that movie. Uh, welcome to We Belong Dead. Uh, not numbered. This is the long-fabled Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective mm. where we've brought in um, uh, Freddy Krueger specialist, Dr. Aaron Yost. Yes, that's. Uh, I, I spent eight years in grad school <laughs> actually getting that doctorate. Yeah. Uh, uh, of course, I'm Lona. With me, as always, is Ian. Uh, welcome. We've talked about this episode for a long time. And keeping with tradition, I uh, talked about rewatching every movie leading up to this and then did not. <laughs> I rewatched one. I, well, okay. I rewatched one and New Nightmare because I maintain those are the only two that I really actually love. Um, those the two, two through <laughs> six. Are a little dodgy. <laughs> They're a little spotty for me. Well, there's a there's a few. Uh, I, I I will argue that every movie has like things that are at least interesting. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are two in there in the middle there that I would argue are good horror movies, and we'll get into that. I guess. Okay, all right, <laughs> we'll um, get there. There's also a television series. A television series that lasted two into. years from uh, I think like eighty eight to ninety. Yeah. Uh, wow. That's hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, also a crossover. Yes. Um, with a popular franchise that we covered with Jake. Mm-hmm. Uh, also a remake mm. that maybe we shouldn't even talk about. Yeah, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about uh, it. And then just the cultural significance in general yeah. of um, a child rapist and murderer who became a beloved cultural icon <laughs> who I went as for Halloween when I was 10 years yeah, old. Me too. Look, I mean, um, <laughs> Trump's the president. Anything can happen. <laughs> yeah. It, this... I thought you meant we were talking about Trump. Oh, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's the president now. Okay, show some respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah the uh, the eighties, man. <laughs> yeah, 
This is the 80s where uh, Martin Downey Jr. was hugely popular for being an asshole on television. Yeah, I uh, have a playlist on my YouTube channel that's uh, Morton Downey Jr. I watch a lot of Morton Downey Jr. You, you go back and you watch that and you're like, Jesus Christ. That's true. I mean, this dude like makes fucking Michael Savage sound like a Savage. <laughs> he really does. It's mm. it's amazing. The documentary that came out not long ago about yeah. Jun- Downey Jr. is phenomenal. Uh, it, it was on Netflix. I don't know if it still is, but it's great. Yeah, it's real, uh, well worth a watch, and it's really interesting. Yeah, Evocateur, I yes, believe is what it was yes. called. Very good, very good. Uh, and also, Morton Downey Jr. was in a fantastic Tales from the Crypt episode. Yes. <laughs> Where he gets trapped in a haunted house on live TV. Nice. It's pretty great. Mm-hmm. And then there was the classic, uh, I can't remember which WrestleMania it was, but where he was on Piper's Pit with yeah. Brother Love. Yeah. And uh, was that the one where he uh, broke out the fire extinguisher? Yep. Uh, Piper broke out the fire extinguisher on, on uh, Downey Jr. That would be the one. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Not, this not... is uh, well, We Belong Dead, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> okay. um, well, I mean, Piper and Downey Jr. are both dead. So. Yeah, we, we can talk shit about them. <laughs> Last episode I did tease the, uh, well, we the obscure <laughs> idea of doing an episode, or like a sh- uh, offshoot episode. Uh, to run concurrently with We Belong Dead called WWE Belong Dead. Yeah. Yeah. We'll uh, talk about wrestlers that should be dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can think of a few. Yeah. Um. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. It's weird. When I was a kid, I absolutely fucking loved Freddy Krueger and Nightmare on Elm Street. But as I got older... I gravitated more to Halloween and Friday the 13th and and all but turned my back on um, Nightmare on Elm Street. And I'm not sure why. It doesn't make sense because all I ever talk about is how um, villains with personality or what matter. But for some reason, it just didn't quite work for me the longer Freddy went and the sillier he got. Well, yeah, and the, the thing, he became a cartoon. Yeah. Like, uh, starting really with three. <laughs> Shockingly, there wasn't a cartoon series. <laughs> you know what? That, that is something that they completely missed the boat it's on. True. And I'm kind of shocked there wasn't, <laughs> I mean, considering. I mean, if Rambo got a cartoon series, <laughs> Jesus. Swamp Thing got one. I mean, yeah. yeah. That was a good one, if I remember. Yeah. Swamp <clears throat> thing. You are amazing. All right. If Ben's listening, you're scaring him right yeah, now. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, call back. Nice. Yeah. Um, you got to dig deep into another podcast yeah. for that one. It's worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> it is worth it, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I still argue the, uh, the D&D Christmas episode we did where we... Uh, Saved, uh, we stopped the Krampus is possibly my favorite thing. <laughs> that is that, a great uh, one. I've ever, favorite session of D&D ever, <laughs> uh, where we forced Ben to improv uh, uh, Mr. Grinch uh, parody. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. And he just did it. He nailed it right out of the park. Lovely. Uh, yeah, the, uh, wow. I mean, uh, Freddy Krueger, it, it, it became a cartoon series. Uh, really, like, starting three, it became silly. Yeah. And uh, it went. I mean, just it just kept getting worse to the point where it pretty much peaked, you know, in Freddy's Dead, the sixth movie, yeah. where I mean, it was a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah. Like literally, it was he was doing like fucking Bugs Bunny gags. Yeah. Uh, but it started off as a serious film. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Um, uh, yeah, and uh, it really effective film. I remember being about. I've been trying to figure out exactly how old I was when I first watched it, but I. I got to say it was probably about eight or nine Mm -hmm. and maybe a little bit younger because I remember 
when I first got into this so series. So did you see part one first? Saw part one first, okay. saw part two second, saw part three third. Yeah, I, okay. I got to watch them all in order, thankfully, which I think uh, allowed me to appreciate it and also watch slowly as the decline happened. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I remember watching it with my friends. Uh, this was back when VCRs were a amazing novelty. And uh, so Top we... Top loaders. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. actually, uh, we had the one friend in our neighborhood who had a VCR because his dad was a lawyer and they were riches. <laughs> uh, so we, we would rent horror movies on the weekend, and that's really what got me into horror is hanging out with my friends, you know, and uh, just every weekend, sleepover, let's watch some horror movies. Let's hit the uh, local... This was back when video stores were often in grocery stores. They yeah, didn't yeah. really have oh, dedicated yeah. video stores because they weren't that big yet. Yep. But uh, I remember, I think the first time I may have seen it was probably like a... It was like on the local Fox affiliate or something like that. So it was the cable edited version. Then we liked it and we rented the actual version, which wasn't a super ton cut out, really. Yeah. I mean, there was a few intense scenes, but for the most part, I mean, it, it wasn't really that hacked up. Mm. Um, you know, mainly because there's not, not a lot of nudity or anything like in that. Eh, yeah. There's a tiny bit, though. But, uh, yeah, we watched that and... Uh, <sighs> What the fuck? Why? Why did our parents let us do this? I do not know. I, it's like one of those things I've been thinking about, like when I was a kid, and the the fact that we could just wander the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, like yeah. no one cared. You just yeah. we just would wander and be back before dark. It really. I mean, it sounds like old people talking about something, but it really was a lot like Stranger Things, where mm-hmm. like you grab your bike and go meet your friends somewhere in the neighborhood, yeah. and then for a day. Just fucking wander <laughs> without parents worrying, or yeah. you know, yeah. It was, it was amazing. I like the doors weren't locked. You <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, th- this this sounds like a cliche, but no, that's how it was. It was weird. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So our parents had no qualms about us running R-rated movies. Uh, so I got to experience so much stuff uh, that warped my <laughs> tiny little brain. Yeah, and I'm really grateful for that. But uh, Nightmare on Elm Street really clicked with me. Mm. Uh, more more so than really any other franchise, you know, more so than Michael Myers or, or Jason Voorhees or any other real characters like that. I, I really gravitated f- towards Freddy, and the reason was, is, as you mentioned, you know, he's a personality. Yeah, big time. And more so than any core icon, he's always been a consistent personality because he's always been portrayed by the same actor, Robert right. England. And I just well, and Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, we'll get to that. Uh, well, almost David Warner actually. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We also forgot to mention there's a fantastic retrospective documentary mm. uh, included in in this uh, oeuvre of Elm Street um, <laughs> by the guys that did Camp Crystal Lake Memories and uh, a few other ones. I think they did the Scream series as well. Mm. Um, called uh, Never Sleep. Again. Never Sleep Again. And it was like four hours. It's it's pretty long. Uh, yeah, it's like four hours long. Yeah. It, it's amazing. And it's not only about the it, – I mean, it covers the entire series. Mm-hmm. It came out the same year as the remake, so they're kind of talking that, hey, there's a remake happening. Right, yeah, yeah. But this was kind of before people could say, wow, who yeah. yeah, bad idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, and which is a shame because I love the Friday the 13th remake. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, which, I did too. Yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. that was great. Um, and I, I've been, I really enjoyed the Evil Dead remake. Yep. Mm-hmm. So uh, this was kind of a disappointment. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. They, they were on a roll. Yeah, they really were. And uh, no, no, not good. We'll Fumble. talk about it. But, um, uh, well, much like uh, Ian usually would come in and say this at this point, uh, I started with Nightmare 2. Uh, uh, 
uh, at like eight, nine years old. Yeah. Of course, at a sleepover. Right. Where a lot of my early horror uh, <laughs> watching started. I don't know why you ever watched another one. <laughs> well, well, okay. At eight or nine years old, I didn't pick up on, on any of the <laughs> <laughs> subtext. Yeah. Could it be I, considered subtext? At this well, <laughs> no. I mean, this is the thing. Like, I, I went back and I rewatched it because I... I Actually, am worth my salt, and I <laughs> right, yeah, rewatched yeah. the entire series. Uh, they actually on Halloween Voodoo had a sale of all nine films, and I'm like for like I don't know like forty dollars. I'm like, oh wow, yeah, okay, yeah, why not? Yeah, I have got them on digital. I can watch that shit on my phone. So, um, but yeah, too. Um, wow, <laughs> yeah, um, blatantly, uh, it, it is a weird allegory for closeted homosexuality. Big time. I mean, big time. Uh, co-starring Clue Gulliger. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> so, does, he, does he say "God damn it"? Of course. Yeah. Okay, good. Oh, okay. he's uh, th- that's the high point of that film. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, do we want to go into that, or do we want to? No, start we'll, out? Well, let's let's just. I just wanted to dip into how we all got yeah. acquainted with it. Yeah. Uh, like, of course, uh, Freddy Krueger was a part of of culture by the time I saw Part Two, and from what I had seen of him, it was all like you know the one nine hundred number that you talked about earlier. And that's one nine hundred nine oh nine Fred. <laughs> right. Uh, the fat boys with mm-hmm. like Ready Freddy and and uh, and uh, oh the fat boys. It was the cultural stuff that I was like, this is, and I believe possibly by this point, Freddy had hosted on MTV. Yeah, uh, um, it was insane. I mean, like uh, late night talk show uh, hosts were doing uh, Freddy Nightmare on Elm Street references in their he, monologue, like Reagan referenced <laughs> Reagan it in did, a speech, yeah, yeah, which is insane. Well, mommy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was not prepared for the brutality at mm. that age. Uh, that even now that we look back at it, something as silly as Nightmare on Elm Street Two, uh, as an eight or nine year old, it, it it was one of the first movies that actually gave me nightmares as a kid. Uh, and a lot of it, I think, had to do with uh, that movie, him being brought into the real world. Yeah, uh, I was not prepared for that. I don't believe yeah, they broke the rules. Yes, they did. the second fucking movie. <laughs> We'll get into that. Uh, Ian? Uh, <laughs> this is an extreme version of my usual. Um, <laughs> I saw the remake. <laughs> the The first one I saw from start to finish was New Nightmare. Oh, wow. Yeah. You must have been confused. Yeah. and uh, But I knew who Freddy was because, again, he was such a like piece of, of the culture, mm-hmm. uh, especially like in the early, mid-90s um, was when you know I, I started getting exposed to him. And... Um, I was like, all right, well, I'll I'll go back and I uh, went to the video store and got the first one. I was like, this is a fucked up movie. Yeah. And um, then I didn't see any of the other ones for a little while. And then uh, I think it was sci-fi back when it was the sci-fi channel and mm. didn't suck. Was it with <clears throat> eyes or with it, eyes? Well, it was eyes. Okay, it was good. eyes. It was yeah. the sci-fi channel. Nice. Um, and uh, they, they had like a marathon and I watched all the ones I had missed up to that point. Mm. And, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, and, and part of my love for it, I know, is colored by the fact that uh, I, I watched it as a child. Right. You know, so there's a lot of rose-tinted glasses going on <laughs> yeah. with this series. So, in fact, when I rewatched it, it was the first time I'd watched them probably in about, like, uh, maybe five, ten years. Wow. It, it, I watched the first one, you know, and I watched New Nightmare fairly regularly. But yeah. two through uh, six, I really hadn't watched in a long time. Hmm. And, uh well, I guess we should just start at the beginning. Um, 1984. Bob Shea uh, was a, a semi-struggling 
producer. Yeah, um, a film distributor yeah. in, in a way, uh, kind of a carny. Yeah, uh, a little bit. But he would bring in, you know, um, Italian films, like a lot of art house shit, but also John Waters. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> very indiscriminate taste, but. I, I really feel like Bob Shea is someone that um, anyone who's a film geek, even if they don't know it, owes a lot to. He got to start actually uh, distributing like shit like Reefer Madness to yeah. uh, college campuses. <laughs> nice, yeah. great. He was a huckster. It was awesome. Um, um, the the, the Wes Craven was coming off of uh, Last House on the Left and The Hills Have Eyes, mm. um, which we were talking about last episode. Ian and I, uh, it's kind of. Um, shocking that Craven just didn't get pigeonholed into that style of film. Yeah, the early ter- 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 <laughs> oh god, Tercher Pern. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, but he was able to um, slash his way out of that uh, um, with uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, which and I also find it interesting and it doesn't get brought up enough. I don't think um, that two of the biggest horror icons branched out of two men who worked together on their first film. Yeah. Sean Cunningham and Wes Craven with mm. Last House on the Left. Oh, yeah. Cunningham went on to create Friday the 13th. Um, Craven went on to create uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I, I just, that's something interesting. And, to uh, yeah, Cunningham actually, uh, I think he told him that this is an awesome script, but I don't think you'll ever get it made. Yeah, I think so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, he was trying to, uh, you know, sabotage him from the start. Of course. Um, but yeah, Craven uh, had read an article about a kid in India, I believe. Uh, it was a Khmer uh, refugee, actually. They okay. had come to California, um, but uh, from Cambodia. But uh, yeah, it was uh, it's it, a it terrifying was, story. It, it, it was uh, <laughs> a situation known as Asian Death Syndrome, I believe, is what they called it, and uh, it was about this uh, young man. It affected, I think, people like from the age of like eighteen to fifty-seven, and it happened to several people. Mm. But it's the story where a uh, a young man basically was staying up at night, mm. terrified because he was having like just extreme nightmares. Mm. And uh, the parents, I think, you know, just were humoring him and trying to convince right. him. And eventually, he like he was trying to stay up. He was doing what we saw in the first movie, where they hid coffee pots, right? You know, and, right, and was right. drinking coffee to keep themselves awake. And eventually, he went to sleep and woke up screaming. And his family rushed to him, and he was dead. Oh no shit! Been frightened to death by a nightmare. Wow. With four slash marks across his chest. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm he got sucked that. into the bed. Hey, that actually hurt. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, yeah, the, the impetus of the idea, I guess, was from that. And then I've I've seen interviews where Craven talks about how the idea of Freddy came about a, when he was a kid looking out his bedroom window mm-hmm. late at night. And there was a dude standing in the street uh, under a uh, street light, mm-hmm. pretty much in Freddy, like, dressed as as, like a, as we know, yeah, like me. a fedora and <laughs> yeah. like kind of like an overcoat, I guess. But, yeah, uh, not um, a red and green sweater, right? Right. But. Uh, staring up at him. Oh shit! From the street, and it just the image stuck with him. And his not only life. not only that, but he got ducked down underneath the window yeah. and, and like waited like up. a minute or two, looked back up, and the guy was still standing there waiting, and then kind of lunged at him. <laughs> yeah, at the, and he just was struck by the idea that this dude, this like fucking asshole. Would terrify a child. That would fuck with me now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, where you live, definitely. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't want to think about that. Um, yeah, and then the red and green sweater, I'd heard that the he 
psychologists have said that the colors red and green when put back to back like that yeah, are supposed to clash. induce insanity. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it literally induced insanity, but yeah, it was supposed to be like the most uncomfortable combination right, yeah. of colors together. So that's where the sweater came from. And Fred Krueger was actually a childhood bully of his. Right. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, that's where he got the name. Nice. Uh, and actually, and um, the the main villain in The Last House on the Left's name was Krug. Ah, yeah. Um, that, that, that traumatized <laughs> It really did, yeah. With him. Um, so, yeah, there you have all the makings mm. for uh, the uh, the original Nightmare on Elm Street. So they did it over at New Line. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, the, the house that Freddy built. Yes. And the house that Golden Compass destroyed. Uh, <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks a lot, Nicole Kidman. <laughs> man, interviews with with Bob Shea nowadays are really sad. Mm. You can tell he's incredibly bummed. Yeah, it, well, I mean, it, that was his life for yeah. what, like thirty, forty years, something like that. Yeah, I easily. Guess, yeah. yeah, and uh, it uh, it got killed because they accidentally sold the disc, the foreign distribution rights to that movie where it did great and it bombed in the U.S. and oh, Jesus, it fucked them. Wow irreparably yeah, yeah. Uh, which is really sad but uh, New Line was kind of an amazing like rags to riches story oh yeah yeah. It was, yeah yeah it was I mean so many film studios of course are you know the big names that have been around since like the 30s mm. and New Line was kind of this little upstart that uh, produced a lot of horror movies and weird quirky stuff I'm really hoping that there's a full on New Line documentary soon mm. I mean there's the house that Freddie built which is on the Nightmare on Elm Street Blu-ray and DVD which is great, but it's like 20, 30 minutes. I really want like an all-encompassing. I mean, like, like the canon one? Yeah, the yes. canon one's fantastic. Oh, uh, that, that's a, a follow-up to uh, Machete Maidens. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, also uh, Not Quite Hollywood, which is all about ex- uh, Australian exploitation. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Same guy did all three of those, and they're fantastic. Yeah, Machete Maidens is great. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I remember in 1984 my sister having gone to see Nightmare on Elm Street. And she wouldn't shut up about it. And she's she's not a horror geek by any stretch of the imagination. I think it was just she was a teen. She was at the age that you're supposed to go see movies yeah, like that, right? And it it fucked her up for like <laughs> for a good week. I remember like every day her being exhausted at dinner and being like, "What's up?" And she's like, "I just can't sleep that fucking movie." Wow. And I was amazed that a movie could have that kind of impact on someone. Right. And then um, I guess throughout 1984 and into 1985, uh, Kruger kind of started seeping into pop culture mm. a little more. I don't think it was really full on until after Part Two. Uh, part Three, really. Part Three. I mean, okay. he, it was always like a big popular franchise, and it was always popular. But the point where Freddy Krueger became the Mickey Mouse of horror was really right after Part Three. Okay. Uh, yeah, one was a really good success yeah uh, it did really it's a, well it's damn near a perfect horror film. yeah yeah uh, it's so effective I mean, like even going back and watching it there's so many scenes that just are iconic yeah and, and just amazing and uh, if you go back and watch, like like uh, we're gonna be referencing and saying to go watch um never sleep again a lot yes. throughout this it's on netflix it's oh, is well it really? worth four oh, hours yeah. um but yeah to to watch how they did like the um you know moving the the room yeah on the gimbal you know or whatever yeah it, it was just, a giant room basically that they rotated yeah yeah that's uh, nuts yeah it's it's <laughs> unbelievable well the the great thing about that and this is the scene where johnny depp dies in mm. it where he gets spoiler sucked, alert yeah <laughs> right. sorry johnny um 
he gets sucked into his bed and then a geyser of blood shoots up yeah. right uh, like onto the ceiling and it's like this it's really cool effect and they almost completely fucked it up yeah because uh, when they this whole room essentially was built uh, like on a like a gimbal like you said you could rotate it you could right. shift it around and um, what had happened is they had like just gallons and gallons of blood set up so when they rotated the room upside down the blood would spill out sure well they didn't account for the shift in the weight so <laughs> when they poured that out what happened is it like just started spinning wildly Jesus Christ. so they got like a few seconds and you can kind of see like in the second shot when the mom opens the door and you can see the blood kind of running sideways up at the top but uh, it worked. They 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 got enough to make it work. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, just like the the scenes in the boiler room, the the mm. the scenes with uh, Freddie just walking down that alleyway with his arms extended, even though you can tell that's like it's fishing wire. <laughs> right, right. It's right. just really effective. It really works, and they did a great job of not showing much of Freddie. Right. Yeah. Keeping him in the shadows and keeping him like this really om- ominous and mysterious figure, yeah. which later movies. You, yeah. Not so much. Yeah. Well, you've got the great uh, bathtub scene. Yeah, the bathtub uh, scene is amazing. Yeah, uh, and uh, just a little bit of uh, boob in that. Just show. enough. Just enough. Just enough to like. Just, oh, a, just did a I tit. See, did I see? Yes, I did. <laughs> when you're a nine year old boy, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, and, that's I'm, enough. And for the yeah. first time in my life, seeing the weird wall stretchy <laughs> gag. Is, yeah, that is so good. It really is. I mean, and, and what it was, it was a wall of latex, and it was just Robert England pushing up against it while yeah. Nancy's in bed. Yeah. And, I mean, that's a shot. I think they put it on the back of, like, uh, several of the VHS tapes and the DVDs mm. because it's so effective. Right. It just looks good. It looks amazing. And then you've got the remake where they, well, they did a great job. CG. <laughs> And it's just like, no, yeah. like a wall of latex works like, so much how, better. How hard is that yeah. to do? Yeah. yeah. It's just so effective. It's <clears throat> such a good visual. It's like the kind of thing that you could freeze frame and put on a poster. Mm-hmm. Um, I, mm, there's so much good stuff about that movie. Uh, we talked about uh, on the 31 Days also, this was um, Wes Craven was able to answer Sam Raimi's yes. uh, <laughs> challenge yeah. from uh, Evil Dead 2. Uh, or from Evil Dead? Uh, yeah, um, from uh, he put a ripped poster yeah, of yeah. Uh, The Hills Has Eyes. And the reason was is because he watched The, the Hills Have it? Eyes. The Hills Has Eyes, and yeah. they had a ripped poster of Jaws. Jaws, yep. And he thought that was kind of a, hey, take you thought that, that was, You thought that was Jaws. horror? Yeah. So Sam Raimi decided to throw that out mm. by uh, having a reference to uh, Nightmare on Elm Street in The Evil Dead. Yeah. And uh, so Wes Craven answered that by having Nancy watching The Evil Dead on the yeah. TV. Yeah. And then Sam Raimi. Was it Nancy or Depp? May have been Depp. Not one. I uh, no, I think it was, it was Nancy. I think it, it was Nancy. Um, but uh, and then, of course, in Evil Dead, uh, he put Freddy's glove. Yeah. Right. In there. So and then Sam Raimi had Work the final shit. word because <laughs> Wes Craven, I, I, I guess by the time New Nightmare came out, then it was just they, we're not doing this right. anymore. We're done. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Uh, it's also where we got the first of the iconic series of movie posters for Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. They have gorgeous, yeah. gorgeous yeah. fucking movie really posters. Really great. Up until Freddy's Dead. Yeah. Really. Oh, no, yeah. up until The Dream Child, because The Dream Child was the really shitty, like, photo of Freddy, like, with a, a, a pram, you know, a baby carriage. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. And, like, doing a little <laughs> whisper yeah. with his claw. That, but all the way up to that, I think uh, through uh, Dream Master, I mm. believe. Uh, really just crazy surreal art. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Really fucking beautiful. 
Look it up. Uh, Google. I remember search. every time one would come out because uh, we had HBO when I was a kid, mm. and uh, you would get the HBO guide every month, and it was this really bizarrely shaped. Like I don't even know how to describe it, um, but this like thin, glossy, like flip through, right? Kind of like a catalog, kinda, uh, yeah. like that they'd include in a, in a <laughs> yeah in a box of some merchandise you bought. You know, it's like um, oh, here's more of our products. Yeah, but they would always have whenever a new nightmare movie would come out, that would be on the cover of it, and they would have the poster. And scared the shit out of me. Uh, but I remember even as a kid being like, God damn, that's fucking beautiful. And it, and it never really represented anything from <laughs> no, the movie. No. I mean, there's kind of someone that looks like Heather Langenkamp in yeah. it. Um, and, I mean, I guess 4 has a junkyard in it, which was a yeah. scene in the movie. But everything else is just, like, insane. You know, yeah. it's just, yeah. But it's, it fits perfectly with the theme. Of yeah, they look like, uh, kind of like... I don't know, like Dio album covers or something Jesus. like. Well, not Dio, but uh, like yeah. some sort like, of like uh, proto maybe more metal. meatloaf. Yeah, meatloafy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't remember exactly when I first saw the original. Um, I, it couldn't have been more than a few years after Part Two, but um, yeah. To this day, I mean, that's one that I that I rewatch pretty fucking often, and. There are multiple commentary tracks to, to choose from that are always a lot of fun to, to listen to. It, uh, it holds up fantastically. It definitely does. It, it's really great. Um, it's one of the things that's really funny is uh, eventually they established that Springwood is in Ohio, mm. but that is so clearly a film that is set in Southern California. Right. <laughs> Even to the point where not only can you see palm trees and shit like that, which that happens, you know, because they make movies in California. Yeah. But there's a, a line where Tina is talking about how she's having bad dreams and maybe there's an earthquake. You know, it, it, this is a Southern <laughs> California movie. And then they really, I, I, I don't think it was like until three or four that they really decided, no, this is in the Midwest now. Yeah. So they, they kind of changed things up. I mean, you've got Johnny Depp with body glove posters in on his wall. <laughs> Come on. This is a Southern California movie, damn it. Mm. There's a lot of surfing in Ohio. Yeah, yeah. sure. <laughs> I watched North Shore. <laughs> the only one who did. <laughs> um, it, it It is, like, one of my favorite movies, and it really affected me. Yeah. And uh, I just – it's a movie that I uh, – got to say, I mean, it's the best of yeah. the entire series. They never even approached. Oh, totally agree. Totally uh, agree. The, the quality that that first one was. But, uh, wow, do we have anything else to say about that? Or should we talk about the follow-up to that film? Um, well, there's there's one there's one uh, image in, in Nightmare on Elm Street, the original, that, that still to this day kind of haunts me that I've never really talked about. Oh. <laughs> because it never really hits me until I'm at a house with a door in this style. When the when the woman gets pulled through the little oh, window, yeah, that actually that, like, that I get a super little super realistic looking. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thing, it's so fast, and they edit it just enough where that until you're like really paying attention, that yeah. looks really effective. Yeah. Yes, thank you, thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, that and then the um, the stairs that turn into glue, like that always uh, kind of which comes back later. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but uh, that always freaked me out because I would watch. Uh, horror movies late at night yeah. later in life stoned in my parents basement and then at the end I would have to go up the stairs <laughs> and, and it would always fuck with me a little bit <laughs> one of the things that really I think makes the Nightmare on Elm Street series so terrifying is the fact that you know you 
you can deal with like a slasher. Don't go to fucking Camp Crystal Lake. Right. <laughs> right. You know, just fucking get a handgun in the case of Michael Myers. Yeah. And that'll take care just of the problem. Just listen to Loomis yeah. at right. some point. <laughs> yeah. <that's crazy. laughs> but uh, with Friday the th- or I'm sorry, with Nightmare on Elm Street, the thing is, is like there is no escape. Yeah. Everyone has to sleep. Everyone has to dream. Yep. So it's one of those things that you just can't get away from no matter what. And just Robert England did such a good job. Yeah, uh, playing that character, and before that, he was what the the goofy lizard person in V. <laughs> right, that's what everyone knew him from. Well, and he was he Buck. was also Buck and oh, okay. uh, eaten alive. He was yeah. here to fuck. <laughs> but Nightmare on Elm Street works so damn well. Yeah, uh, it, it's uh, just such a great horror movie. I love hearing uh, again. Go go watch the documentary, but uh, hearing Robert England talk about his audition mm-hmm. and how he was sitting in his car and like looked down at the ashtray and like just stuck his finger in and like rubbed ashes all around like, oh, his shit. eyes and shit to make him look creepier. Yeah. And then they like cut to like uh Craven and Bob Shea talking about yeah, he looked fucking t- terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and his just posture and, yeah. and just like his presence. And I think he Yeah, the says, like one hip forward. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I think he said like uh he was inspired by James Cagney and Klaus Kinski from uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh god. So it's just really good, and that uh, the weapon. I mean, his tool is just really primal. Yeah, in a way. I mean, it's a claw. Yeah, but you can't. I mean, that goes back to like the damn caveman days where right. we had to be terrified of yeah. predators. So I mean, that's something that that is just deep in our DNA. Yeah, something to be terrified of, and uh, yeah, it's just such a great design <laughs> for that uh, for that uh, weapon. And he's a dude who can get you, can fuck with you. He's God in his yeah. domain. Yeah. There's no getting away, you know. Uh, well, you've got the body. Yeah. Oh, I've got the brains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I really, yeah. Uh, Night Rain on Street, man, go watch it right yeah, now. Yeah, please. It's, it's so What good. are you listening to this for? <laughs> right. Yeah, just stop. Um. Nightmare. So, yeah, then a year later, 1985, we get Night Rain on Street 2, Freddy's Revenge, mm. which is where I j- jumped in. Yeah. Um. Mm. Way too early. Directed by the great Jack Shoulder. Yeah, who uh, directed Alone. Didn't he direct Alone in the Dark? Not the uh, new one, but the one like. I believe so. It was so, an early yeah. New Line film, yeah. Yeah. Which actually is not a bad movie. Uh, but uh, this is an interesting thing because the screenwriter for it, this, Wes Craven was not involved. No. I think he decided he did not want to be involved. In fact, he wanted to give the movie a happy ending. Yeah. And Bob Shake is the one who convinced him to have, like, the, oh, no, this is. <laughs> yeah, I think as far as film. Wes Craven was involved, this was a film. Yeah. It wasn't going to become a franchise. Yeah, he had no plans for that. And yeah. honestly, maybe it would have been better off if uh, that had never happened. <laughs> maybe. But uh, two came out and they got a, uh, a screenwriter who decided. To take a really interesting take on it. Yeah, David Cheskin. Yeah, and uh, it is a really interesting take. It's an idea that is way ahead of its time. And this was the idea that it, the whole story is kind of an allegory for homosexuality. Mm-hmm. Where the main character, Jesse, yeah, yeah, uh, he's this moved into 1428 Elm Street, which is Nancy's house. Mm. And it, they at one point, I believe, they find a journal that establishes that part one happened about five years prior. Gotcha. So they find this journal about this, like, girl who went crazy and <laughs> saw her boyfriend murdered across the street. And uh, so Jesse is just a ordinary, everyday average kid who lives in Southern California. 
Played by the great Mark Patton. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, whose father is Clue Gulliger, the star of every God goddamn damn it. Western in existence. Clue Gulliger is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, father of John Gulliger, who gave us the Feast films. Uh, my, uh, yeah, he, he's so great in this movie as yeah. the asshole dad. Oh, yeah. Just like, <laughs> just stubborn as yeah. hell. Like, at one point, uh, because of the horrible events happening in Jesse's life, where Freddy is actually trying to possess him mm-hmm. in order to get back into the real world. He, trying they, to get inside him. Yeah. Mm. Deep. Nice but, and deep like. Uh, at one point, their parakeet like goes nuts and starts flying around the room and, scr- in the room and scratches like Clue Gulliger and uh, then explodes. <laughs> and <laughs> Clue Gulliger is adamant that the sun has somehow used a cherry bomb. <laughs> yep. To uh, blow up the bird, it's yeah, fantastic. And but the, it, it's part of the story. It's this idea that this kid is secretly a closeted homosexual, mm-hmm. and he's got a girlfriend who you know is very supportive, and he's got a best friend that he's really close to and spends a lot of time wrestling with. Robert Rustler. <sighs> Robert Rustler is awesome. Yeah. So th- the screenplay was written with this idea that this was kind of secretly an allegory, right? Uh, for homosexual aid. And it really wasn't supposed to be that overt. In fact, the uh, uh, the director had no says idea. he had no idea. <laughs> yeah. I kind of think he's bullshitting. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I, I think he all, had All to have one really needs to do is look at the scene, the dance scene. The dance scene. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I mean, even with like a pop gun held at crotch level that he fires off, we get it. Yeah. In the closet, he has a board game called Probe. And <laughs> yeah, on his bedroom door, he has a sign that says, No Girls Allowed. It's amazing. Wow. And the set designer got it. He got yeah. the screenplay, so he put in more of this stuff. In fact, very early on, he's kind of tormented by this coach. Coach who just Schneider. Gives him shit constantly and uh, is forcing his him and his best friend to run laps and, yeah you know the coach is genuinely together. like sadomasochistic yeah. but and that's the thing played well, by the great marshall bell yeah. i love that guy so much from uh, good versus evil or yeah. g versus e i loved him in that <laughs> oh but uh, at one point um what happens is freddie is trying to possess jesse uh who's moved into nancy's house and it really isn't until several movies in that they kind of decide that this is freddie's house Rather right. than it be Nancy's yeah. house, which is kind of odd, but it, it, I think starting in three, they just decided, no, okay, <laughs> this is Freddy's house because it's iconic. Yeah. So Jesse, uh, at one point, is having like blackouts and he like weird shit is happening to him. Uh, he's freaking out. Uh, he's he keeps having these weird dreams about Freddy Krueger trying to get inside him. Mm. Yeah, but. Uh, he wanders off to like a bar, and it's like an S and M bar, of course, with, with Robert Shea, with Bob Shea as the bartender, <laughs> as a leather daddy. It's fantastic, but uh, his coach catches him there in a leather vest and uh, sends him back to the gym to run laps in the auditorium <laughs> while he's in the back room. And it's uh, such a surreal and like upsetting scene. Yeah, and he starts like basically Jesse's Freddie psychic powers causes Freddy to start attacking him by throwing balls at him and then tying him up in the shower and slapping, snapping a towel on his ass. Jesus Christ. And this has happened. 
this is a real movie. Yeah. And you watch it, and like, like you were saying earlier, when you're a kid, you did that all went above yeah. your head. I just thought this was a shitty movie. Well, it's all shot very like steamy and <laughs> like surreally dreamy, sensual. Like <laughs> I, I wouldn't go I don't know, maybe. And I mean that works with the idea because Jesse is kind of yeah. losing his mind. Yeah. And it's a real like fever dream yeah. almost. Yeah. It's just a weird movie, and uh, but uh, yeah, there, so all this weird stuff is happening, and uh, the coach is murdered in the showers, and Jesse kind of just doesn't know what the hell's going on. And what it turns out is basically Jesse is a where Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> like later on in the film, uh, um, they're at the party of his kind of girlfriend, a Krug Wolf, if you will, a Krug Wolf. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's like the the parents are letting all the kids have the party uh, at the his girlfriend's house, and the, the girlfriend looks uncannily like a redheaded Meryl Streep, like a really young oh, redheaded wow, Meryl yeah. Streep, and it's like to the point where it's like wow. <laughs> and I'm looking at her up on IMDb to see is this like her sister or right. cousin or something because it, it looks huh. just like her. But uh, then there's this really hot and steamy scene where uh, he's, like, freaking out and he's trying to explain to his girlfriend that, like, terrible things are happening and he's becoming a were-freddy or a right. crew wolf. But uh, so they, they kind of, like, start making out and getting hot and steamy and it's, like, this really sexy thing. And then he flips out, like, Freddy's tongue comes out of his mouth while they're doing the, their shit. And he flips out, and so he runs away from when he's about to make it with his girlfriend and goes to his best friend's house and asks oh if he God. can sleep over. <laughs> I mean, how did the director not figure this shit out? I've got some pent-up aggression. Can I stay with you? <laughs> yeah. And so and that, at that, that point, like, this is where you kind of actually get to see the, the transformation of right. him into Freddy. Before, it's just been kind of, he's been there, and then all of a sudden, like, Freddy is killing people, and he starts to think he's Freddy. This, like, Freddy actually, his head comes out of his chest in this, <laughs> like, American Werewolf in London-esque transformation. Yeah. Except not good. Right. But uh, so he murders his best friend and then is flipping out and uh, it ends by them going to this. I they establish I guess it's like an old abandoned power plant where Freddie lived, <laughs> right. which I don't think is it's I don't think it's supposed to be the boiler room, but it is supposed to be the boiler room. I don't know, but um, so they they go there and there's like Jesse I guess runs off there to protect her and she's trying to follow him and there's dogs with weird human masks that look awful and giant mutated rats they never explain why because this is in the real world and this is where it breaks the rules at the party like where jesse kind of transforms into freddy he freddy just comes out and starts killing kids at the party like yeah. slashing them by the pool <laughs> And, like, this actually, I think, probably has the highest body count of any Nightmare on Elm Street movie yeah, because well he made. kills, like, seven kids at the party. Oh, wow. So he, they're at this pool with tiki torches, and Freddy does this, you are all my children now thing. How He can't be in the real world. <laughs> right. That, that is not what Freddy is about, and that's where they fucked up seriously in this movie. Well, it worked in Freddy vs. Jason. <laughs> well, they, they, they kind of use the rules where you can sure. bring them into the real world. Yeah. Right. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go <laughs> we'll to this there. weird factory where uh, these horrible Dobermans with people heads are for no explained reason. And uh, uh, basically, the power of love convinces. <laughs> yeah, Lisa confesses her love, love for to Jesse, to Jesse and that is like exercises Freddie. <laughs> yep. 
Uh, and everything's good. And Fred except, explodes. Yeah, Freddy, yeah. Fred explodes. And everything's good except not because uh, at the end he has like kind of a. They're which, on the way to the school. Or they're on the, the, school, in the bus. school bus. Yeah. And then, uh, which calls back like the dream that Jesse had at the very beginning where he's mm-hmm. on a school bus and it turns out Freddy's the driver and they go right. into the desert and they're on this little chasm. But th- it ends with it's very that kind uh, of Alistair Crowley moment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they go out to the desert and find out that uh, Freddy's a big old power bottom <laughs> <laughs> that i'm surprised that wasn't part of it yeah but yeah it's uh it's a bad movie it's a yeah. really bad movie. <laughs> did better than the first one um but not critically <laughs> right yeah. and it was they were kind of at the point after this movie where th- we need to seriously rethink <laughs> this whole thing uh this this and to their credit out. they did yeah i would say well, they, and, uh, they brought uh, Robert England back. Right. He co-wrote this uh, next movie, which mm. uh, is the... Is or Wes Craven. Wes, yes, yeah. thank you. They uh, did bring Robert England back. <laughs> they did bring him back for all of You're them. You're not wrong. They, no, almost all of them except one, Yeah, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But, the uh, best one. Uh, also, uh, on, on part three, Dream Warriors, we have Frank Darabont yes. as a writer. Yeah. Uh, and it was directed by uh, someone who, wrote, who, who directed one of my favorite movies uh, from that... 80s 90s cusp are you talking about mr chuck russell mr chuck russell who gave us the blob remake nice yeah which is uh, it's such a good it's such a good remake yeah way better than the original i mean the original was kind of a joke yeah it really is but uh it's really creepy movie yeah (laughs) worked really well i I mean it's just the the video cassette poster like that dude like being absorbed by the pink slime is fantastic Uh. oh but right before we leave uh freddy's revenge uh going back to the the documentary never sleep again uh, much like anything he's involved in, I feel like Clue Gulliger stole the documentary. <laughs> he's yeah. so goddamn fun. He's a great dude. Just, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's so good as the dad. And that's the high point of that movie for me. Yeah. Is I love him as Jesse's father, who's just such a fucking asshole. Convinced it's that true. his son is on drugs. And this is the thing about this movie. It's kind of an allegory for being a closeted homosexual. homosexual. But at the same time, it, I don't know if they're giving the right message by saying that being closeted and being gay is like being a serial killer. (laughs) And if you just find the right girl who loves you, it'll all be okay. Exactly. Hmm. Hmm. Maybe, no, not a good message. Let's rethink that. Uh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So in 1987, uh, Chuck Russell brings us Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Uh, It's also the last in the series that was produced only by Robert Shea. Mm -hmm. Um, they they definitely I would say regrouped. Yeah. Um, and they well they brought they tied this in with part one. Um, and they brought Nancy back. Yeah. Uh, they brought John Saxton back as her dad. Which John Saxton. <laughs> we didn't even talk about John Saxton. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. He's I awesome. love John Saxton. He's good in everything. He was great in uh, Mitchell. Yeah. <laughs> He nearly uh, fought me at a convention because I brought up Mitchell. Oh, really? Jokingly. Uh, yeah, we were in line uh, waiting to meet uh, <laughs> to meet <laughs> Mr. Saxton. And I had my back to him talking to Ben, I think, or whoever I was with at the time. And unbeknownst to me, the guy in front of me had left. So we were just joking amongst ourselves. And I was like, you think I'll get pissed if you bring up Mitchell? And booming voice to my right, I just hear in John Saxon's voice, did I hear some son of a bitch mention Mitchell? And I was like, oh, God, I don't want to turn around, do I? My, 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 (laughs) Mitchell. My apartment. 
Oh, so, so I turn around and he's kind of laughing and puts up his fists and I was like, "Oh awesome. no, Ed Mitchell's awesome." And he was like, "No, it's not." <laughs> he was pretty much like, "No, it's not." And uh, but then I won him over by bringing up trapped ashes, yeah. which no one ever, I guess, brings up to. It was him. in uh, Enter the Dragon. Yeah, yeah. yeah he he got uh, eaten by uh, piranhas or something like that. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Um, he was lowered into something. It may have been like boiling oil or acid, or I don't know, <laughs> Doctor Kwan or whatever the fuck that dude's name <laughs> yes. was. It was pretty evil. Um, so yeah, I got to be honest here. Part three, four, and five, I think you need to take the lead on. Okay, just because those are the ones that I've watched the least. Yeah. Uh, well, three is actually kind of a fan favorite. Uh, a lot of people mm-hmm. will list that as their favorite. Um, I I think it's a really good movie. Yeah. Um, it really. It, this There's is like where... a dungeon master in a wheelchair, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, there, what, King Wizard, I think is what he calls himself. I, I am the Wizard King or wizard something king, like that. Yeah. I can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> um, but no, um, this uh, is where they kind of turn things around. They went back to the idea of Freddy actually being in dreams mm-hmm. rather than the real world. Uh, this uh, is very early roles for – this may be introducing Patricia Arquette. Okay. And uh, a, a very young cowboy Curtis, Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> uh, is also oh, in it as man. one of the orderlies. Um, it's uh, really cool. What it, it does is kind of brings back Nancy, who's now like a grad student mm. at this point, who has gone into uh, like psychology and specifically kind of like sleep issues and things right. like that. And it introduces uh, Weston Hills hosp- a Psychiatric Hospital, where the last of the Elm Street kids are basically holed up here because mm. they're all fighting desperately to avoid sleeping right? and have various issues because of this. Uh, Pat- uh, Patricia Arquette plays Kirsten Parker, and this is kind of... Uh, she has this weird ability where she can kind of bring people into her dreams. Mm. Oh, Ian's got that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Next time... There I'll, are never you know. any dreams that you want to go into. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Wow. Like uh, Coach Snyder's uh, sort of thing. Clive Barker's always there. Uh, right. Just put it that way. Yeah. Just, he's, he doesn't get involved. He's just helicoptering in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really just off-putting. Right. <laughs> he's just humming. Uh, but, uh, he's describing what art is. <laughs> uh, and throwing away beautiful paintings. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, Kristen Parker, who's played by Patricia Arquette, um, she's kind of like the sort of main character in this mm. where she has this ability to bring other people into her dreams and it starts off very early on with uh, I think Freddie causing her to slash her wrists in a dream okay, uh, which causes her mother to send her to Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital right? or Weston Psychiatric Hospital I don't know if there's a Hills involved but there you go it uh, should be it sounds better yeah. and this uh, introduces several characters uh, like uh, Kincaid and Joey and uh, Taryn and I forget the name of the guy who's in the wheelchair um, and a few others. Uh, this has some really neat and imaginative kills, uh, more so. I mean, the, the first movie had very, like, kind of cool, creepy scenes. But this is where the kills start getting, like, really weird and tailored to people's personalities and right. phobias. Uh, I think the, the very first uh, person that Freddy kills is this guy who's... Habit, whose hobby is like making marionettes or something like oh, that. Oh, God, yeah, this one's terrifying. Yeah, and uh, so he, he also has a habit of sleepwalking. Uh-huh. And that's kind of why he's here. And uh, they're all trying to avoid falling asleep, and Nancy kind of shows up and clicks with these people because she immediately recognizes that they're having dreams about uh, Freddy Krueger. Hmm. 
So, uh, like, he's the very first one. And what happened is, like, Freddy actually, like, uh, comes to life. This little marionette comes to life, this stop-motion Ray Harryhausen-type thing and is stalking this kid. And later on, like, it ends up actually, like, slashing out the tendons on his legs <laughs> and arms and... Freddy's walking him. Yeah, that's that's unnerving. Yeah, yeah, off to the, uh, and has him jump off a tower. Yeah, uh, it just really super creepy. And uh, also, uh, the young girl who wants to be an actress, uh, <laughs> so she watches TV obsess- obsessively. <laughs> oh yeah, and uh, they Welcome have a prime time. This, bitch. Yeah, which is such a great line, and that's really kind of if you think about it, that's probably Freddy's most iconic line. Yeah, is, "Welcome to prime time, bitch." Uh, she like Freddy comes out of this TV, and they they have like this little setup. It's uh, uh, Jaja Gabor, and who's the host? Uh, oh, Dick God. Cavett. Dick Cavett, like doing a talk show, and uh, suddenly and Dick like Cavett Dick... has been quoted as saying that she was a fucking nightmare. Yeah, well, during the shoot of that, <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, and then of course like she's uh, this girl's watching TV, trying to stay up, and uh, Freddy Dick Cavett turns into Freddy, like who gives a shit what you think, bitch, and like. <laughs> Uh, kills her, the thing goes off, and then Freddy comes out of the TV, like, uh, pushing his head up, like, through the set with antennas, and then, like, cyborg claws come out, grab the girl, and then, like, basically pulls her head into the TV. The head coming up through the TV looked really cool, though. Yeah, it kept the antenna. It looked like they were, like, (laughs) vacuum sealing it. I see that, I'm like, did he have to hold his breath? Because I can't imagine how they did it otherwise. But uh, and, and you know a, a great sequence. So kids are starting to die off, and I guess the the psychiatrist who's in the group with these other kids, mm-hmm. um, who Nancy is kind of convinced, Doctor Neil Gordon. Yes, thank you. Uh, has kind of convinced uh, that there's this dream demon thing stalking them, and convinces uh, him to prescribe uh, this drug called Hypnosil. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, which is basically a dream suppressant. It's like a non-FDA-approved drug and tries to get these kids on it. Um, but what happens is Kirsten... I'm just trying get, to remember the name of the drug in Arrested Development. Um, oh. <laughs> Timosil. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and so what happens is uh, eventually what they do is they have this group and... Um, at one point, Kirsten pulls Nancy into her dream, and Nancy kind of saves her from this sn- very phallic <laughs> Freddy snake thing. Oh, And yeah. this is actually the first movie where they establish that this is Freddy's house, not Nancy's house. Right. So they, they, they kind of introduce the idea of, like, the, the nightmare version of the house, um, which they show actually Kirsten making a model of earlier in the film. Yeah. And... Um, it's, uh, this is also the first film where we we get to see um, Freddy's mother, right, Amanda? I don't know if it was that one or four. Hmm. Yes, no, you're it right. It four. is the first one because uh, the doctor actually, Doctor Gordon, actually sees her ghost. He sees this like mysterious nun oh, uh, that's right. going around, and she's actually the one who uh, kind of gives the clue on what you need to do to take care of Freddy. Right. Uh, in, in the first movie, you know, Nancy turns her back on Freddy. Right. And, oh, that's the big reveal at the end. Yeah. Is, is the tombstone of... Uh, Amanda Kruger, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, where he's like all of a sudden, oh, it was a ghost all along. Right, it's like, yeah. oh shit, yeah, the, the nun that kept disappearing while you were talking to her is <laughs> yeah, a ghost. Who kept like Batmaning out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so in this one, uh, what they need to do is they need to dig up Freddy's bones and consecrate them because he 
wasn't buried. And so oh, they, was Dream Warriors the one where uh, the guy turns into the motorcycle? That was five. That okay, was we'll get show. to that. Okay, yeah. that was terrifying. <laughs> oh yeah, it's worse than the uncut version actually, which you can't. I don't think you can find. Oh, I don't know about it. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no uncut version. Well, I'll tell you about it, son. But anyway, so Amanda Kruger, who's this nun ghost, which turns out is Freddie's mom, right? Is uh, convinces them to they need to bury and consecrate Freddie's remains to stop him, and so they track down John Saxton again, Nancy's father. Who is now like an alcoholic uh, security <laughs> guard because he lost his job as sheriff or whatever he was, and uh, eventually can they they're convinced to go to the junkyard where they buried Freddie and <laughs> they have to dig a grave for him and you know use holy water to <laughs> consecrate the yeah. ground. So, but what happens is. Uh, at a certain point, uh, Freddie's bones come to life, and again, it's like a ray. It's a, it's a cool motion. sequence. It's I a really remember, cool yeah. sequence. Yeah, it's like it's like watching Jason the Argonauts, where the skeleton <laughs> warriors are fighting. And it's like, oh wow, this is badass. Because that was another favorite film of mine as a child, is because it's like boring, boring, boring. Oh shit, it's a fucking skeleton scene. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I don't give a fuck about the rest of this movie. That's all I care about. Yep. So uh, it's uh, yeah, they it introduces several other characters uh, that actually continue on into the next one, which is kind of neat. It. it it brings back continuity to the series, which I think was a really good idea. And uh, that's is that noise on the recording? I apologize. No, no, it's just in the headset. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, so it brings back uh, the continuity to the series, and, and it also is the beginning of Freddy as more of a character. Yeah. Uh, where he's cracking wise, he's got dad jokes. Shecky Kruger. <laughs> you know, for every <laughs> every kill. So it, it's. Uh, it, it really was popular. It worked. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. There's several other kills in the movie. There's the the dungeon master guy <laughs> who plays D and D with the other kids in the hospital. And, and at a certain point, they all kind of hypnotize they hypnotize each other right. and convince each other that they have dream powers. I don't. It doesn't quite make sense, but <laughs> they they all have dream abilities. That's why right. they become the dream warriors. So like Kincaid, who's like the big uh, angry black dude in this movie, <laughs> cliche. But uh, he's, like, super strong. And right. uh, Taryn, who's, like, this ex-junkie uh, girl, um, she uh, has a mohawk and a switchblade. And in her dream, she's bad and beautiful. <laughs> but uh, well, This is where we get the uh, the iconic uh, uh, needle hands, mm, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. The little suckers. Yeah, yeah the little uh, track marks become Ugh. little sucking mouths and Freddy injects her with a glove filled with heroin. Uh, and the dungeon master who can walk and can do magic, but right. in the dream, Freddy chases him down with this creepy as hell giant wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Like, imagine the wheelchair from the chain li- uh, changeling, <laughs> except, like, three times bigger, covered in spikes. Yeah. Very medieval. Yeah. Um, so, and uh, Joey, at a certain point, while they're doing this uh, whole dream thing, he wanders off, and he's basically, his dick is chasing down this nurse he's been lusting after. And his whole thing is he doesn't talk. Ah, he hasn't talked right. the, the whole movie. He's They never really explain why. Mm. He just doesn't talk, and that's why he's in a psychiatric hospital. Right. I mean... You can write shit down. I mean, (laughs) you need to go that far to be committed because you decide not to say anything. Who knows? But uh, he actually uh, is kind of trapped by Freddy, uh, who seduces him as this nurse. (laughs) And uh, Again, Bugs Bunny. Yeah, well, not even as bad as it gets. (laughs) Right. But, uh, yeah, suspends him above this bed frame that is above a pit to hell. It's kind of like the uh, Temple of Doom where they're lowering that guy down. 
אמנם שבעה. אמנם שבעה, אמנם שבעה. קלמאההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההההה
people are making themed right. albums on it to this day. Right. And in Rick and Morty, uh, of course, uh, uh, an early Bitch. episode had <laughs> Scary Terry. Uh, here we go. Oh, shut up now. Here we go. All right. MC enjoy. Chris. Time. Wasn't running right, so it was five nights at Freddy's. He's a deadly melee of features and on a friendly. Club with five nights, that's plenty for my shredding. Fill your room with fellas and I'll mess up all your bedding. Well, the blue plant is where it resides. Just like a labyrinth composed of pipes. Ready or not, no matter how you hide, he's always right behind with his knives and his mind. Complicated killing up a dopey zombie. A steam monkey, deep monk with copious coffee. Freddy Krueger hates Kira, good as Cosmo Biscotti. He's not Illuminati, but he got a lot of bodies. One, two's come for you. Three, four, but I shut your door. Summer, but there's no sign of Santa For the Hathaway helpers had abandoned Amanda While repeatedly raped in a cage full of crazies A fearsome force forged in the fires of Hades The best about to baby of 10,000 maniacs maybe Wasn't born to be a brainiac, say this in draining Killed a hatcher with a hammer, what bathroom behavior Wait until later, when he's relishing raiders Hulu was a cutter, kinda like Kylo Always sort of psycho, been a glass of Michael Daily bits of beatings made him a partial to pain But his father got the furnace soon he suffered the same Mother was an utter now, none in the habit Never knew her, but sooner just managed to sadness Trap a octopus, I shouldn't have out of the picture Quit the sweater forever, and the fedora is a fixture One, two's come for you, three, four, but I shouldn't a jovial janitor, but in the city silos, that boy and amateurs, almost homicidal. The jiggle from his rhino, make the matters run amok. Sex sweet, juicy as drop, and you fucked. Everything went to the front. Wife and kid didn't love, and his sons kept a couple in a gallery of gloves. Twenty kids went missing, the police took us the blood. Kathy was laughing, but soon she'd be missing mom. But she never tell, but she totally did. Smiles from the trial was a bit of shit. Parents wanted to punish, cause the jury's unjust. Burn him in a bullet room, hit the bolt in the trunk. Both skin began to bubble, his parting fully failed. Redeemed the team and see him skull and spine tails. They offered immortality, reality be his dreams. Mortal call me fatality, and smile off the team. <laughs> MCP pants. <laughs> Dude loves some candy. <laughs> Any kind will do. <laughs> Bubblegum and taffy. Uh, I love candy. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, um, so moving on. Yeah, we uh, to, we're on to the Dream Master. Yeah. Uh, on Elm Street Part Quattro. Quattro. And this uh, continues the story of Kirsten Parker, who uh, now looks very different. <laughs> because she's played by Tuesday Night rather than uh, Patricia Arquette, and I I don't know if there's ever ever been an established reason. I've heard that it was because she was pregnant. It's because she had a scheduling conflict. It was because she yeah. didn't want to. I don't know why she decided not to continue. I I'm not supposed <laughs> to say. Oh, uh, was, was I'll tell you off. Were Mike. you the one who got her pregnant? I'll tell you off, Mike. Okay, okay. Yes, NDA. Yeah. So uh, this uh, continues the story of Kirsten, and it introduces several new characters. Everyone's back in high school, and Joey and Kincaid are there. Um, And what happens is it starts off uh, very early on. Kincaid is having a nightmare where he's in the junkyard, and this is the same (laughs) junkyard where uh, Freddy's bones were, where he was buried. And his dog joins him in the dream and uh, pisses fire on Freddy's grave, which (laughs) brings him back to life. Jesus Christ. 
Standard. Right. Yeah. As you do. So Freddy comes back and Kirsten is dreaming about him and pulls Joey and Kincaid into the dreams and they're very upset by this because right. they're like, you know, you keep us out of this shitty ass <laughs> situation. But very early on, um they uh they get killed. Uh Joey and Kincaid don't make it, I think, past the first uh, reel of this film. But it continues on with Kirsten's friends in high school, uh Alice, uh her boyfriend. Rick? Dan, uh, Rick, yeah. Rick, yeah. Uh, and several other friends, uh, Dan and uh, Sheila. Mm-hmm. The gym girl. <laughs> <laughs> they have. I'm sure she has a name. Elaine? Maybe. Hey, let's go with that, sure. The gym girl. The gym girl. Anyway, so uh, Alice uh, is kind of trying to console... Uh, Kirsten, who's having these nightmares and who's really worried about Freddy Krueger, uh, and kind of tells her this whole deal, like, well, you know, back when I was a kid, my my mom taught me to, to control my dreams and gave me, like, this little poem, and anytime I had a scary dream, I'd take control of it, which is mm-hmm. basically lucid dreaming, Right. which, uh, if have you ever had a lucid dream? When I was a kid, I used to be able to do this quite a bit, when I would... Uh have a dream like like a nightmare and wanted to get out of it in the dream i knew that if i shut my eyes really tight in the dream and opened them they would open up in real life and that worked hmm. a lot but uh not since i was probably seven or eight have i been able to do that mm. i all the time <laughs> it's a really cool experience i've had like you know maybe like four or five in my entire life <laughs> yeah. but it's at a certain point in a dream you realize you're in a dream and you realize you have control of that yeah. dream and suddenly I can fly and I can do whatever the fuck I want. I can be a dream warrior. Yeah, it's happened a few times to me. It's way cooler than sleep paralysis. Yes. Oh, God, that is the worst. <laughs> Which has happened to me more often. God, oh. knock on wood, that has not happened to me yet. <laughs> That's oh, the worst. It's yeah. terrifying. Yeah. And even when you know it's sleep yeah. paralysis, it, it's just oh, that feeling you can't move. Like, it's to the point, like, I've heard enough about sleep paralysis. You love it. It's to the point <laughs> where I don't want to watch that apparently really good documentary on it because oh, I'm afraid it it's going to like trigger yeah. it or something. No, that's not a good documentary. Which, what's the name of that one? Uh, I don't remember. Nightmares. Oh, it's yeah. terrible. Oh, is it? Really? Yeah, it's it's a joke. Oh, These huh. are all people who have like who really need to be seen psychiatrists. Oh, okay. Yeah, it, it's oh, it's. <laughs> I think it's called The Nightmare. I think that's that what it's called. That sounds right, yeah. Yeah, it, I watched it. I was really excited about it, and it's kind of hokey, and it's just these are people who have issues. Oh, okay. And it, in part, I think it's because they don't get good sleep. Yeah, I right. think that's a huge contributing factor, but right. yeah, there's this one Yeah, dude. I kind of wondered how there could be like a, a documentary about it, because I've experienced it like a lot. Yeah. Luckily, knock on wood, not recently, but... Like from when I was a kid up until like a couple of years ago, I'm sure that it's happened. But like the most that I could say about it is, yeah, it sucks. You wake up and can't move. Well, yeah. the worst part is when there's <laughs> like, the hag sitting on your chest, glaring down right. at you. Yes, um, that is the worst part. I forgot about her. Yeah. Uh, but now it, it's really the, the that the nightmare is basically like a, an artsy episode of sightings. Oh, I guess is the best way to oh, put God. it. It's reenactments and these people telling the stories, and it's just like, oh, mm, no. But anyway, Dream Master Part 4, yeah. So uh, uh, Kirsten, at this point, is the last of the Elm Street kids. Yeah. And this is supposed to be Freddy's M.O., is he's getting revenge on the parents uh, who vigilante killed him right. by killing their children. So ostensibly, Kirsten should be the last, but... 
what happens is like Kirsten's being uh, chased by Freddy, mm-hmm. uh, who had, she dreams herself using Alice's advice onto a sunny beach, <laughs> and uh, of course Freddy shows up in sunglasses, <laughs> like doing a Jaws motif with the claw coming through the oh, water. Oh my god! And uh, at some point they end up in the boiler room, and Kirsten gets uh, tossed in there, but she pulls Alice into her dream, played by the just beautiful Lisa Wilcox. Mm-hmm who I have such a crush on, and I'm sure I will gush about. Understandably so. Uh, and she, uh, I guess what happens is Kirsten transfers her power to Alice. <laughs> sure. I, I don't know how, but yeah. that happens. There's an effect that indicates that, but it kind of right. goes through Freddy to get to Alice. Right. So what happens is Alice starts dreaming, and they kind of establish her as like a daydreamer. Uh, where she kind of has these waking dreams and stuff mm. like that. So uh, she's got a really shitty situation. She's got a brother she loves very much uh, who is really into martial arts. Mm. And she has an alcoholic father who she is essentially forced to take control, uh, to take care of. And it's a bad relationship. Right. Who's, not, who's not really into martial arts. Who's right. not, no. Not. <laughs> but... Um, they also have uh, Sheila, who's their friend, like kind of the, the nerdy bookworm girl who's mm. good at gadgets and stuff like that. And then they have Jim Girl, who uh, is <laughs> likes being fit <laughs> yep, and is scared of bugs, which mm. comes into play later. Oof. And then they have the, kind of the jock football guy, Dan, who is Alice's crush. Mm. Like, uh, she just wants this dude back. Right. And Alice is kind of like this really shy, uh, unassuming... Like, sweet girl, but she's basically kind of, like, the victim of domestic abuse. Right. Um, so she's, yeah, she's not assertive. Uh, and what happens is uh, Kirsten dies, kind of gives her this power. So when Alice falls asleep, she starts inadvertently bringing other people into her dreams, which Freddy takes advantage of by killing them one by one. And as it turns out, she discovers as her friends start dying, uh, she starts absorbing traits from them. <laughs> so when Sheila, the nerd girl, dies, like she gets smart. Kirsten dies, she starts smoking cigarettes, which she never <laughs> smoked before. Uh, and as the movie goes on, um, Jim Girl, what's her name? Is it Debbie? They, uh, Debbie sounds right. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, Debbie. She's the one. The, with the roach. Yes. Yeah, and Debbie. this is Debbie. the... I, I gotta say, this is my favorite kill out of the entire series. This is such a creepy fucking kill. Brooke Thies Yeah. Is Debbie. What happens is she's, like, working out and whatnot. <laughs> so and like, doing, wrong. like, a dumbbell doing, uh... Uh... Doing um, like bench press. Bench press, thank you. And Freddy shows up and starts, like, pushing down on the <laughs> bar, which ends up snapping her arms off. <sighs> and her arms start snapping off and flopping around, and she starts running and running down these corridors. It's hilarious. <laughs> and it, it looks so ridiculous. What bad, a dopey but bitch. what happens is, like, her arms are replaced by bug arms. Doesn't it start with her, like, going to eat a Dorito and it has a roach on it or something? And that's, like, early on, like, yeah, in the yeah, real world, like, and she the, flips uh, out, and that's where they establish <laughs> yeah, yeah, that yeah. her phobia is bugs. So she's, like, running down, and her arms become, like, insect arms. And it's, like, just really creepy. And she runs down this corridor into, like, this passage, and she goes on the floor, and it starts sticking. And she's, like, fighting it and fighting it. And then she falls, like, face first into it and, like, pulls her face up, and her whole, like, the skin on her head comes off, and she's become a roach. So, so, so like, well like Mark Hamill and the Giver. 
Yeah. Why do you always bring sure. up the guy? Because it's so good. Oh. And so it's just this terrible thing. She's fighting this, and you see other bugs in it, and then you see like this big window where you see Freddy's eye looking in, and he's got like a big roach Mattel. So it's like you can check in, but you can't check out, bitch. And crushes, crushes it, it and, like yeah. gushes out. Great, just oh. I, for, I forget how much of a proponent Freddy was of bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But honestly, it's like maybe like a half a dozen times he uses it in the right. entire series, but it's just. But it's always in a very effective uh, yeah. scene. Yep. Someone's done a supercut on YouTube uh, of just every use of bitch in the Nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street movies, one after the other. It's uh, it's not that long. Yeah. There really isn't that many. Hmm. But, so then from that, De- uh, Alice ends up in- inheriting Debbie's temper. I, is that what she gets? I believe like, so. Attitude? Yeah. <laughs> now, a- as her friends die more and more, she gets hotter and hotter. Yeah, because after like- this, she's able to, like... Fuck you, Fred. She yeah. like d- like confronts him, and her. What happens is at one point, Freddie gets her brother Dan, and it starts off like this kind of elevator sequence. Yeah, that uh, is um, like the, the elevator is plummeting and stuff like that. And what it was supposed to be originally was like kind of the floor falls out into like nothingness, and he like falls, and it was supposed to be more elaborate, but they ran out of money. <laughs> So do it. <laughs> what happened was they, they only well, had 13 million. <laughs> yeah. So they, they had to kill off this guy, but they couldn't figure it out. So what they did is like, well, we've established that he likes martial arts. And, you know, that, that's one of the ability that, of course, Alice gets later of on. Of course. So, well, he, how can we do this cheap? I know. Let's have an, him fighting an invisible Freddy with Kung Fu. So they literally, like, made a room and added, like, like draped up silks and like wall screens up to make it look like it it's was so agent-y. effective. I bet. <laughs> and he fights an invisible Freddy. This is like in the Power Rangers where oh, they had Bulk and Skull turned into monkeys, but then like three episodes <laughs> later, they realize that monkeys are expensive and hard to work with. So let's make them into invisible monkeys <laughs> and save a lot of money because fishing string is cheap. Uh, uh, this is what happened. There. This is the worst kill of the entire series he literally fights an invisible freddy right at one point kicks his glove off and then freddy's glove turns and stabs him and kills him. of course so it, it's it, it leads up to this really cool sequence uh near the end i think at this point like dan the old church yeah well uh even before that oh. it's this is alice's dream and i think like her and dan might at this point be the only ones left mm. Um, but she kind of is dreaming, and in her dream, she goes to this old theater. And uh, it's this really cool effect where she oh, goes yeah, and yeah, yeah, sits yeah, down yeah. at the theater, and like with a Coke and a drink. And like slowly, like the, the popcorn and the, the drink starts spilling off, like oh, and going yeah. towards the screen, and the screen kind of sucks her in. in. And. Uh, like as this is happening, like she, she's all of her friends who are dead, like sitting in the balcony, and they're just watching her. And then, I, like as she gets pulled into the screen, they start clapping slowly. And it's this really it's like great, the end of Rocky Horror, dreamy, mm. bizarre sequence. Oh, the original, the original. Guys. Okay, yeah, <laughs> okay. But yeah, it's just that's actually one of my favorite dream sequences in yeah. the entire movie because it's so spacey and so creepy. Yeah. And it feels it's so like, like a dream. legitimately dreamlike. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's really really great. And I think this leads into, like, her finding herself at the diner, the Crave Inn, uh, <laughs> where she works. I'll and Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, so this is brings her into the and like this is where Freddy has the giant pizza and like all the little faces right. are on it of like the people he's killed and Rick is the latest one her brother right so what happens is like her and Dan are I think at this point the only two left yeah and at the, they've kind of connected at this point this is like the guy she has a crush on right and right he's kind of uh, reciprocating. reciprocating that yeah. so. They go and they kind of uh, get stuck in the soup. I think this is actually where they're trying to save uh, Debbie, maybe. And they're trying to drive there because she, they, she Alice knows that she, she yes. accidentally brought yes. Debbie into yeah. her dream. So they're going and they're driving and getting in a car and they're rushing off to, to wake her up while Debbie's being turned into a roach. And then they it restarts again and they're like, come on, we've got to go. We've got to go. Get in the truck. They go and they drive off, and like after like two or three times, like they running around the same corner, same scene, they realize <laughs> like, oh shit, we're dreaming. Right, this is bad. And they end up hitting a tree, don't they? Oh yeah. What happens is like uh, they're they're in the dream, and they're dr- and Dan, or the jock boyfriend guy, is driving the truck, and they see Freddie in the middle of the road. Right. And so he's like, you know, well, I'm going to run this motherfucker down. And right. of course, they hit Freddie, and it's a tree. <laughs> Like, horrible accident. They get taken to the hospital, and they're going to have to sedate Dan because he's really hurt. Right. We all know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. So Alice is trying to stop it, and, of course, they remove her, and he's going under surgery, and Freddie is stalking him in the dream, and he starts hemorrhaging on the table. So what Alice is, at this point, she's absorbed all the powers of her friends. She's got (laughs) Debbie's gym girl abilities. She's got Sheila's tech prowess i suppose she's ostensibly captain planet i, I think curse <laughs> because kirsten's dream power they established in dream warriors was she could do acrobatics yes so <laughs> yes. she has acrobatics Jesus and she knows martial she's arts very limber yeah, yeah from from her brother and uh so at this point like they kind of this is where they introduce the cathedral mm. uh like it was one of like freddie's little dream domains yeah along with the boiler room and like right. the elm street house and so on so they bring that here, and they're, this is a really cool-looking <laughs> ending, but it, it's also a really, possibly the stupidest way to kill Freddy. Um, <laughs> Reflection? Yeah, they, they kind of, he, like, rips off his sweater at some point and is, like, showing, like, these faces and souls, right. and he talks about how, it, this is where they kind of establish that he eats the souls of all the people he kills. Right. And so there's, like, these, like, moaning faces looking, like, just terrifying coming out of his chest. And so they basically get into this big ass fight where she's like flipping around. Uh, so they they get into this big battle and whatnot, and they're fighting. And she's got all these dream warrior abilities that she's Voltron from all of her dead friends. Uh, and uh, at a certain point, like she remembers a rhyme, the Dream Master, and uh, it's something about she shows freddy his reflection and his pure seeing his pure evil causes him to die it's pretty weak it's pretty it's fucking really weak. weak uh but it looks cool because like the souls are fighting yeah. out and they've got i think what they did is they made a giant freddy chest like uh and then had like actual models, actors yeah, yeah pushing up against it like souls trying to break out right. of his skin and all the souls escape and get pulled out and there's this really kind of beautiful little scene where the little souls are flying away and like saying thank you alice you know <laughs> yeah. like really the end cool. of mortal Kombat. <laughs> sure i never saw that like the guyver yeah, yeah like the guyver right sure. <laughs> 
<clears throat> and uh, it, it's a stupid way to die, but yeah. it worked. Uh, and it, it ends up with like her and Dan together and happy. And I think this is the one where they're at the fountain and yes. she kind of sees his reflection. <laughs> yep. Sure. Okay. And then Dan's like, what? 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 And she's like, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> so, and yeah, again, Lisa Wilcox, beautiful. Yeah, she really like, is. Red hair, blue, big blue eyes. I mean, just gorgeous. And to mm. this day, looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, she's maybe like got ten years on me and you, Richie, but uh, yeah. <laughs> she is just damn gorgeous girl. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Al. She's really, uh, besides Nancy, the other protagonist of the film series. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ian. Yeah, because she does show up in the next movie. She does indeed. Yeah, yeah. I remember. Tell um, us about uh, the Dream Child, Ian. I I remember. Do you remember? Uh, tell us everything you know about Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five: The Dream Child. Uh, well, there's a child mm. involved, and has yeah, really uh, has a really lame uh, poster. Yeah, where uh, yeah. <clears throat> so what happens? This continues on. Uh, I guess this is like their senior year of high school, of Alice and Dan's high school, and thankfully they've made a few new friends <laughs> uh, <laughs> because all their old friends were murdered. Right, so that's nice. Uh, new friends, aka new fodder. Yeah, um, and. Uh, they uh what happened it starts off with this kind of cool sequence where she's waking up and she kind of gets into a shower and like the shower just starts flooding it's like one of those like stand up wall yeah. you know showers uh, and yeah, it's yeah. just filling up and she's fighting the drowning and sadly uh blonde hair in this movie uh, not as much a fan of she looked better as a redhead but you know I'll still accept it because right. uh <laughs> then my uh, body double titties but uh <laughs> what happens is uh they 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 are graduating, and uh, I guess after uh, Alice's brother died, mm-hmm. her dad kind of sobered up and is actually trying to be a decent human being. And it's kind of cool to see him like be redeemed and trying sure. not to be a shithead right. as he was in the first movie. So uh, they're graduating, and Dan has planned a uh, a trip to Paris with Alice. They got tickets. And uh, they're, she's super excited because that's kind of her dream. She wanted to go and travel. Right. And, uh, well, they celebrate. Yeah. Know, uh, that. And uh, what happens is Freddie comes back, and I don't quite remember. Like the night before graduation, doesn't she have the first dream where she's in yeah, the asylum? The, uh, well, yeah. I, I don't know if that's in the it, – it, right after the shower dream. Um, or not, but there is a dream where she's in the asylum, and this is... It is after, I believe. Yeah, this yeah. is a really cool part because it, it shows the Hathaway House, yeah, which is the asylum where Amanda Kruger was volunteering at, and this mm. is kind of where you go if Weston Hills can't help you. Right. Uh, or if you just really don't want to talk. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> just absolutely <laughs> refuse. So th- this is uh, an asylum for the criminally insane, and this is the asylum where Amanda Kruger was locked up in mm. and raped by a uh, hundred maniacs. So that's uh, where I got your intro. Yeah. To show. Uh... yeah. And uh, <laughs> this is actually a really cool. And, and this is not a good movie by any means. Uh, I do have to say that, like, I really like Four a lot. Before we move off of that completely. Mm. Four, I think, is a really good movie, notwithstanding the whole Invisible Freddy karate fight. Right. But everything possibly else, the weakest ending, but yeah, one of the strongest the movies. Ending, but it looked cool, mm-hmm. and honestly, that probably is where it, the series should have ended with mm-hmm. that. I, I, I would argue that that's probably where they should have stopped. Yeah. Like, she sees Freddy's reflection, Dan's like, what's, what's that? And she's like, nothing. Yeah, and then let's the not end. make any movies <laughs> right. until we make a new nightmare in oh, God. 
four more That's years. when I can jump back on track in a big right. way. Yeah. yeah. Well, Freddie's dead, really. I have some things to say about yeah. that. But I've got things to say about that, too. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so Alice has this dream where she is Amanda Kruger, and she is kind of basically... She, like, sees her name tag or something in yeah. the dream, and it says Amanda Kruger. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she's locked in with the crazies because the orderlies didn't want to bother checking to make sure <laughs> yeah. they're one of the nuns. You know. Now they have sign-in sheets, so right. that's, that's good. So we're all good. Thanks to this movie. Yeah, thanks yeah. to this movie. <laughs> and what, uh, this is like, it's a really cool, creepy, kind of gothic-looking asylum. It, yeah. If nothing else, the set design is really good in this movie. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And... Um, it looks cool, and one of the maniacs is played by a sans makeup Robert England. Hmm. Yes, which uh, so you're like, hey, that's the sperm that won. That's right, <laughs> the fastest swimmer. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, so it, it, what happens is like she has this dream, and then it kind of flashes to her as Amanda Kruger giving birth in the hospital and gives birth to Freddy, mm-hmm. and it's this really creepy Freddy fetus puppet <laughs> thing. That uh, is very disturbing, which crawls away, kind of like Alien. <laughs> we need a we need a plush of that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm amazed if someone hasn't done like a replica like figure <laughs> toy of that. Uh, probably have, who knows? But uh, so essentially, she kind of gives birth to Freddy, and that's how he comes back. It's disturbing. Yeah. Um, and this is where Amanda Kruger kind of makes her return as well into the series, The Ghost of Amanda Kruger. Yeah. Uh, we, who's kind of trying to guide Alice and help warn her about right. what's happening. Trying, but she's so goddamn cryptic about it yeah. from what I remember. Like, <laughs> it really she's not, pretty not, much Amanda Nigma. Can you just like lay it out for me? Come <laughs> right. on. So what happens is uh, she has this creepy thing, and she it turns out that she's dreaming because she – is showing up for work once again at the Craven Diner. Mm-hmm. Um, she shows up for work and she's like t- three hours late, and she's just lost this time. Right, like when she's been dreaming, she doesn't understand what's going on, and she's having like waking dreams where she's just she can't control it. She it's not even when she's falling asleep; she's dreaming while she's awake. And you find out why a little bit later on. She freaks out and calls Dan and says like, you know, Freddy's back. I, you know, I had this horrible nightmare and he's rushing I think to get with uh to get to her. Right. And what happens of course is he's tired and falls asleep behind the wheel. And uh in I think in the dream he crashes the truck or something like that and he gets out and he gets on a motorcycle <laughs> trying to get yeah. to her, which at this point you know you're dreaming. Right. You know Freddy's there so you're dreaming so maybe let's Riding a motorcycle well, let's just to get ride to it out a little isn't going to yeah. help. Yeah. So, but this is the scene you were talking about earlier, yeah, yeah, where yeah. as he's driving this motorcycle, like the motorcycle becomes Freddy, and the like the wires and the cables uh, and the the fuel injection tubes start coming snaking out, and it becomes like a Tetsuo the Iron Man type deal. Where it starts like sliding. I'm so glad someone else knows that. Yeah. It looks like <laughs> when you talk when you mention it, I'm like someone else has seen Tetsuo the Iron Man. Okay. <laughs> right. It's very Giger, what it, mm. what yeah. it ends yes. up becoming. Techno-organic. Yeah, it's yeah. – uh, and the wires are just crawling into him yeah. and start, like, getting into his head and face, and he becomes this weird, creepy, fused – if there was a motorcycle centibite, this is kind of what he'd look yeah. like. Um, <laughs> Somehow and, there isn't a motorcycle centibite. <laughs> I mean, they, they had a CD one. Oh, God. Yeah. So there you go. 
Um, but yeah, and this is really, and of course, it, it, what happens is like Dan's truck crashes right in front of the diner, and she runs out and she sees him burning to death in the car, which uh, is horrifying, and she, you know, passes out because she flips out, and she wakes up in the hospital and uh, finds out that uh, you know her boyfriend's dead, mm-hmm. and you know, but you're okay, and uh, <coughs> yeah, you're expecting. Oops. <laughs> So yeah, her and Dan partied a little hard and uh, yeah. got busy, and uh, so she's pregnant with Dan's uh, a child, and th- it actually uh, becomes a little bit interesting because this is kind of like a serious topic for the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, which mm-hmm. at this point basically had been kind of like you know dad joke gag murder. Sure, parties. yeah, yeah. Um, but it, it deals with the, uh, this like topic of like teen pregnancy and like later on like bulimia mm-hmm. is kind of a, a theme in it. It's really dark. Yeah, uh, this is a very darker movie. It's not good, right? <laughs> but they were trying to kind of crawl back to right. where they were originally, which I respect. Sure, it looks good. Um, I remember the final scene, like the set design was amazing. Yeah, and this is uh, the. Kind of like a, uh, it was like an M.C. Escher yeah, uh, version of like the cathedral and yeah. the boiler room and the house all at once, sort of. Um, but they it was really impressive. Yeah, it was really uh, it was really cool and creepy. It was kind of like the uh, a really fucked up version of the end scene from Labyrinth. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, her friends, uh, one of whom is like a model, uh, the other of whom is an artist like a comic book artist guy and the other is a candy striper also a like a swim team girl yeah who's a girl from summer school whose name i can't remember but <laughs> then i remember watching uh, nightmare on street five and i'm like oh shit it's a girl from summer school yeah cool right on she's in a freddy movie yeah um i love summer school <laughs> such a good movie man <laughs> such a good movie uh, Chainsaw and Dave. Yep. yep. They've started doing conventions. Have they? As Chainsaw yeah. and Dave. Yeah. That's fucking rad. <laughs> oh, man. I want to meet those two dudes. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, no like, I remember watching that movie, and those two guys were like, like I want to be them. Yeah, absolutely. When I get older. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Dean Cameron? Uh, Dean Cameron. Yeah. yeah. He's awesome. Uh, was it Ski Schools? Dean Cameron? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah. That's the one. Jesus wow. Christ. Okay. He's great, man. Uh, Kevin Pollack chat show, they had him on for like two hours. Nice. And it was really fascinating. That's one thing about Kevin Pollack's chat show that like he'll have somebody on that I'm like, I know everything they've done. They've, they've always been like a part of my entertainment life, mm. but I've never thought to like look into their background or anything. And then for two hours, you're just like, holy shit, this is fascinating. <laughs> the first like half an hour or so where he's just talking with Oh, you've co-host. got fast forward. That. Yeah, just skip yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah. But the interviews are really good. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like an inside the actor's studio. It is. You know, yeah, yeah. Sort of deal. It's, they get really deep conversations. Yeah. And then they have everyone from Dean Cameron to Tom Hanks. Yeah. Has been on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Uh, and I highly recommend the John Landis episode, which is almost three hours long, but it's so worth it. Oh, man. So, uh, the dream Anyway, <laughs> sorry, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, we were talking about... Anyway, Dan's dead. Um, she's uh, got her other friends, the fitness model, the, mm-hmm. the candy striper slash swim girl, and uh, the comic book artist. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what happens is, uh, of course, Freddy, uh, she's having these waking dreams, and she's also inadvertently pulling her friends into these dreams, unfortunately. God, what a bitch. Yeah, I know. I mean... You're Get supposed together. to be the Dream Master. Uh, yeah. Kelly Joe Minter. Kelly Joe Minter. Okay. Yeah. Um, Who's also in New Jack City. Oh, And Jesus. Popcorn. Huh. Nice. And uh, People Under the Stairs. Is she? Yeah. Who did she play in that? She plays Ruby. I love that movie. I do too. I it's been a while. I don't remember. And Mommy and Daddy are in that movie. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. 
Um, uh. God, and the, the the guy who plays Roach, who was in Twister and the Aaron Burr. Oh, Sha- uh, Sean Whalen. Yeah. Didn't you like? Uh, didn't he do karaoke? King of karaoke. Yeah. Jesse's girl. Yep. Yeah. Fantastic. It was amazing. Yeah. Um. Anyway, getting back to uh, the dream coach, she's <laughs> yes. having these waking dreams, and what eventually it turns out is that it's her. You find out that it's her child. She starts having these dreams about this like little boy, like spooky eyed, uh, weird boy <laughs> uh, named Jacob, who at first she thinks is like a patient in the hospital, but it turns out that like there's no children's wing in this hospital. <laughs> dun dun dun, <laughs> and um, it turns out it's her baby. And what Freddie is doing is. Uh, essentially influencing her unborn child mm-hmm. and trying to be reborn through him right. into the real world. <clears throat> and it, it, there's, yeah, several uh, other kills. Her other friends are being killed one by one. The model girl who in this, like almost like kind of Beetlejuice-esque weird, <laughs> bizarre scene, not, not Beetlejuice, but uh, uh, what's the one? Uh, Heather's. Okay. Yeah, sequence where uh, she's at <laughs> dinner with her who, her fancy ass rich mom and all their fancy ass friends who are connected to the modeling industry and stuff like mm. that. And uh, she's like sitting there just having a miserable time and upset because her friend died. Right. And her mother's like, no, smile, dear. You smile, <laughs> right, right, right. But it's just this weird, creepy, bizarre scene. And again, it, visually, this movie ain't bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, it, it looks very neat. Um, but uh, what happens here is she, uh, Freddie, she falls asleep at the table and Freddie starts force feeding her like right. uh, more and more and more because, of course, she's kind of got bulimia issues that they don't quite expressly say, but you kind of get right are there because, of course, she's a model. And uh, so Freddie force feed her. And in the uncut version, I think they actually include like a scene where he like slashes her stomach and then starts feeding her her innards. I think so, yeah. yeah and I think that was, Jesus. like, a little bit too extreme. And there was <laughs> right. also scenes in, like, the motorcycle kill where they added, like, a couple more seconds of, like, the cables going into him and right. stuff like that that were a little bit too hot for the R rating, I guess. But uh, she dies that way, and her other friend, who's the artist guy who had, like, kind of a, a, a desperate crush on this girl. Right. I do remember this kill. Oh, yeah. this yeah. kill is and amazing. This, this guy's outfit is, like, <laughs> so late 80s. It's amazing. It's yeah. like the vest and the multicolored shirt. And mm-hmm. It just yeah. kind of like Ducky from uh, um, uh, uh, Pretty in Pink, yeah. except without the, uh, the hat, basically. <laughs> But yeah, this guy is a comic artist guy who, for some reason, lives in a warehouse. I don't get this, but literally his like his bedroom and his little studio thing is in like a warehouse with shelves everywhere. Right. So there, at this point, like she's kind of explained to every all her friends who Freddy Krueger is, and summer school girl doesn't believe her, thinks she's crazy. Um, just thinks that bad luck is happening, I guess, to all her friends who are dying. But uh, this is the one where it kind of becomes this take on me type thing That's right. where uh he falls asleep and like kind of gets pulled <laughs> in me. i mean that's what it is oh, he yeah. becomes like no, a, a you're right. it was just a, i reminds me I, of macgyver i right yeah no it reminds me of macgyver yeah okay the new show anyway god damn you um <laughs> so he gets pulled into this painting and uh kind of becomes like this sketch world version uh, <laughs> right. and at one point alice sees he's fallen asleep and like draws herself into the painting to try to to bring her in there and to protect him to no avail to no avail it's too late and uh he uh 
is fighting Freddy in like this weird black and white world, and he mm-hmm. he kind of like realizes, well, you know, I I can be a superhero in this world, so he right. becomes like his version of this like vigilante superhero that he's been drawing, Gray <laughs> right. Avenger or some shit like that. And of course, there's this uh, great scene where uh, he blasts him with his guns and fights off Freddy, and then Freddy comes back as Super Freddy, played by a really <laughs> large stuntman, like looking like. Uh, like Super Shredder or something. Yeah, kind of like that, and uh, starts slashing him, and he turns to like this two D drawing that's being shredded by yeah. Freddy. It's it's visually a cool kill. Yeah, it's well done. Yeah, yeah it's uh, it's neat. Uh, there's one scene where uh, Alice is, I think at this point, still figuring out the plot, what's mm. going on. Has an ultrasound done, and then falls asleep uh, during it, and has this really bizarre sequence where she is like in the womb with her baby right. and sees the souls of all the people that have been killed, Dan and the um, the model girl and right. the comic artist guy. But you literally see like them in makeup going through the umbilical cord <laughs> right. and their souls being fed into the baby. And it's, you just, it looks so stupid, <laughs> so bad at this point. So later on, what happens is uh, the uh, candy striper swim girl, who finally has a dream where Freddy almost kills her because she falls asleep while swimming, and uh, Alice saves her just in the nick of time. She's like, okay, I guess I believe you now that all our friends are dead, and I actually experienced this. So what they're trying to do is they've got to find... They they realize that Amanda Kruger is is like walled up in the old asylum or something like that. I don't really know why. (laughs) <laughs> but she was. So what they've got to do is kind of release her, find her body in order to allow her to stop Freddy. Right. Um, and all this time, of course, Freddy is trying to possess her child. She ends up going to this creepy, like, weird MC Escher world where Jacob is there. And at this point, she realizes Jacob is her son, and she's right. trying to convince him. But Freddy's been whispering evil words into his ears and is convinced that uh, his mother doesn't care about her. So, um, what happens is like, uh, finally, like Amanda is freed from the wall she was in. And at this point she's able to finally kind of like come and save the day, but she needs Jacob to help. And Jacob uses the powers that Freddie gave him, uh, by pretending to be evil and tricking <laughs> Freddie. Uh, but like, and, and at the point, like Jacob, like is like, hey, I want to be like you. You're, you know, you're you're way cooler than my real dad, and like gets like a burned, creepy Freddy face, and he's a real scamp. He's, yeah, he's a, he's a scamp. It's really stupid. Um, visually, it looks cool. It's really dumb. It's right. a bad movie. You kind of get the idea that they d- didn't finish the script or yeah. didn't quite know what was going on. But uh, it turns out that uh, Amanda Kruger is able to pull freddy back inside her and at the same time alice is oh it's hot who's been like like, actually stuffing back into sort of (laughs) like yeah um and then jacob is kind of reabsorbed by alice now that he's been purged from freddy's evil or whatever and it ends with them uh kind of in a park with uh alice's dad and her surviving friend Hmm. Uh, like with little baby Jacob. And I think at this point, the, the only real clue that Freddy's still out there is it kind of pans over and you see the little jump rope girls. Yeah, uh, doing the one. Yeah, two. doing the one, yeah. too. So that's really the only uh, clue you have that they're still 
Still going to keep making Nightmare on Elm Street movies. For a bit longer. I think uh, at this point we need to pause for a uh, word from our sponsor. Hey. And then we'll come back and discuss um, at this point how Freddy has pretty much taken over pop culture and uh, some of the things that spawned out of that. Uh, talking dolls for children, <laughs> Halloween costumes, video games, the TV yep. show, things like that. Uh, but for now, this is a, uh, a word from our sponsor. I'm Freddy Krueger, your worst nightmare come alive. And now I'm on your telephone. Dial this number now and I'll tell you Freddy's favorite bedtime stories. Gruesome details of murder and mayhem. Frightful heart stoppers of pain and gore. So dial this number now if you dare. And prepare for a scare. Freddy Krueger has a special message just for you. $2 for the first minute, 35 cents each additional minute. 900 numbers used to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1-900-909-FRED. <laughs> yeah. Did Chuck, you ever call it? Uh, no, I didn't. I didn't either. But. I, had already, I would have, but I had already gotten in trouble for calling the uh, um, wrestling hotline. <laughs> I remember you like, talking about that. a lot. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. But I would have. Mean would've. Jeans uh, <laughs> yeah. tips. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. The. Uh, Thanks to the internet, uh, there was a young boy at that time who decided to call the one nine hundred number, uh, and thankfully recorded. Oh, that's fantastic! Every single little story that they told, and I was I listened. To oh, this I'm gonna have to thing. look that up. Uh, it's on SoundCloud. You can look uh, just look that up. But uh, he he did record every single little that's story. That's awesome. And it's these interesting little like minute and a half, two minute radio plays. <laughs> They're really cheesy. Um, Freddy kind of intros them. It's kind of like a Tales from the Crypt type deal where he intros them and it's just like an actor doing <clears> a little <throat> narration like, you know, I, I had a dream. I was a slave right. in a galley and I was whipped by the master. And like, or like, <laughs> wow, they, they got really, uh, Bob and Judy political. are driving through the car and, you know, and it has like Bob and Judy like, oh, what was that crazy guy back there? You know, like all of a sudden you hear some guy giggling and chainsaw like running. <laughs> it's like that. It's 40, there's 46 minutes of it. Wow. Which wow. Uh, I did the math. I was going to say, if you figured out how much that would have I think it's like about $14 and 75 cents. That's not terrible. But I, I don't think that you get them all back to back. I think every time you call, you get a different story. So it is two <laughs> minutes for the first. Gotcha. Two dollars for the first minute, thirty-five cents for each additional minute, and you probably are going to be doing about two, two and a half minutes. Yeah. So that two dollars is going to add up quite a bit. Right. We should start a nine hundred note, like we a storyline. Yeah. We belong dead's ghost stories. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it is worth digging uh, this up. Uh, check it out on Google. I'm sure you can find it. Someone uploaded the whole thing to SoundCloud. And it's kind of adorable because he like intros it like at the beginning uh, talking about it. And then he's like talking to his mom at the end like of the whole thing. Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, God bless that little kid. And God bless whoever decided to <laughs> yeah. put yeah, that so, online so for there, posterity. There was a, a Freddy Krueger 900 line. I mean, that's... And this is geared towards like 10-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. And this is a weird thing. This is a horror movie. These are R-rated movies. These are movies with dicks and violent <laughs> murder about a child killer. Right. That somehow became this beloved icon for children yeah. everywhere. I and, think 
almost all the credit goes to Robert England for that. Oh, for I mean, sure. He's just he's a likable fucking dude, even yeah. when he's even friendly. when he's a child killer. You yeah. can't help but love that. Okay, dude. you keep forgetting child rapist. Okay, let's, let's not let's not forget that. Yeah, well, this was the eighties. That actually, wasn't really even illegal. Oh, that's true. The child rape thing wasn't was originally going to be part of the story, right. but they dropped that because at the time of the first movie, there was a kind of rash of like child rape cases going on and he didn't want to be he, he didn't want people to think he that he was trying to exploit that yeah, yeah. yeah so they they left it out and they made him just a child killer instead of a child rapist and killer right but they Ian? did bring that back for the remake so we'll, oh well that's all that matters yeah that's all that matters that you know is so worth watching um <laughs> no it's not um hey Rooney i Mara, remember how excited i was when a an actual like replica mm. plastic fingered glove came out. <laughs> was, I wore it all the time. That to was school. the coolest fucking thing. Yeah, I absolutely it was, loved uh, it. Yeah, a glove with like plastic, like little brass plate, and then the plastic claws that had little blood painted on yeah. them. I had a friend who took his and modded it by getting like old like kind of school scissors, the like oh, wow. pointy ones, Jesus. and replaced all the blades with it so you could have an authentic. Wow. Uh, I haven't looked him up. I hope that he hasn't murdered anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. I, I thought for but sure you were going to say, sure. and then he went on to kill a dozen yeah, people. Yeah, I, I can't be sure. I've lost track with him. <clears throat> there are some amazing uh, replica glove makers out there mm-hmm. uh, now, though. I mean, it's really like a cottage industry of yeah. its own. <laughs> so, um, but they would have Halloween costumes for Freddy, uh, yeah. like with makeup kits or with like full masks. Yep, I had the full mask. Yeah, um, the fedora and the sweater. <laughs> And uh, the little toy glove, you could be Freddy for Halloween. And I, I think, like, every kid at least one year. Yeah, had to. As Freddy. I mean, you didn't have to. I, I, in fact, I'm pretty sure that, like, we traded off. Like, my friends and I traded off three <laughs> years in a row. One of us was Freddy one year, and then we just kept all the costume. Right. And passed it on to the next person. <laughs> well, you can't have more than one person in your crew. No, I mean, that would just, just be awkward. No, yeah. we don't want to do that. So that we took turns. Um, but they had a upholstering doll, talking mm-hmm. Freddy doll. Which was like famously like shunned. I remember, <laughs> like uh, I, I used to read. Uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Toy Fair magazine. Yes, and that was listed as one of the most like controversial figures of mm. all time, along with the original uh, Alien figure, mm. because it had like metal, like actual metal, like inner mouth that yeah. could hurt people and things like that. Yeah, I, it's why why are they making a toys about a child killer? Yeah, why? What the fuck, eighties? I yeah. mean, come on. Uh, they had yo-yos with Freddy Krueger on them. <laughs> yeah. They had two board games, yep. two video games, one yeah. for the NES and one for the uh, like IBM PC Commodore 64. Right. They had a pinball machine, which is a great pinball machine. Uh, I, I actually got to play it back when Proto J's was a thing. Oh, nice. Which is like a local arcade that existed for like maybe a year, uh, like Pool Hall Arcade. And he had old pinball machines, nice. old arcade machines, and he had... Uh, a Nightmare on Elm Street pinball, which has like a little Freddy head in the play field that spits out balls. Of course. <laughs> I, if, I'd love to own that table. I really would. Um, I mean, it, it, they had everything short of a damn cartoon. Yeah. I mean, I'm amazed they didn't. Yeah. Well, um, I, I never played the video games. Were they any good? No. Were uh, they as bad as Friday? No. Okay. <laughs> they were better than Friday. Um, actually, the uh, NES one was developed by Rare. Uh, oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, who, honestly, I think developed about like a 
fifth to a quarter of all NES games during that era. They secretly developed yeah. so much stuff. Yeah. Uh, like the Jeopardy games. They they would have like games like Battletoads that you had their name on it, but they also right. did like RC Program, Captain Skyhawk, Snake Row. This is not a, a video game podcast. Right. I'm sorry. Right. Uh, you can listen to my other podcast if you want to hear me rambling about video games. Normal human podcast. Yeah, go to it. Um, but uh, the NES one, you were playing as like a character who's like going through a level, and you were trying to stay awake. But if you took hits from like little enemies, <laughs> your dream, your sleep meter would go down, right. and you get sent to the dream world. I think the goal where you could eventually get like an icon that gave you a dream power, which lets you sh- like shoot ninja stars mm. or <laughs> do flips or cast fireballs, right? Um, but you're collecting Freddy's bones and trying to burn them in the furnace to kill him and then fight a boss version. The other one that was for PC and Commodore 64 was like kind of a top-down sort of gauntlet game uh. where you're going through like these top-down mazes and you play as one of the characters from Dream Warriors. Like, mm. you know, uh, each one has kind of a special ability that sure. they can use. Like Kincaid can smash through walls and I don't know. But uh, they're not very good. Yeah. Uh, but they are better than Friday the 13th. <laughs> I will give them that. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, like, the craze continues to this day, and it caters to those of us that were kids back then with NECA and companies like that. Oh, yeah. Out really badass, really specific, uh, like, one-scene yeah. shots of, you know, eight-inch figures. Yeah, well, they like just that. released one from the marionette scene. It has, like, the little, yeah. like, it, one of the accessories is the little claymation Freddy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it's, and that's the thing. I mean, I can understand, like, them appealing to adults collectors like right, us sure but this was stuff like they had a little squishy freddy thing <laughs> you know uh, child's costumes child toys t-shirts it, children's t-shirts children's t-shirts it, it, that scene in new nightmare where they like they're on the talk show yeah. and they have all the kids dressed up as freddy right that was real yeah that's not yeah. an exaggeration <laughs> It's weird. It really is. Um, but yeah. Because nothing else had that. I mean, there were, Friday the 13th didn't have that. No. Uh, Halloween no. didn't have that. And it once was, again, I think that's because Freddy Krueger was an actual personality. Yeah. Uh, be, thanks to Robert Englund, because you could see Robert Englund through that. It wasn't a dude in a mask. It was, I mean, it was a dude with makeup. <laughs> right. But that performance. But just yeah. a little makeup. Through. Yeah. Just, <laughs> well, they actually burned him. <laughs> right. Know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> When when he did his last one, between every movie, they gave him <laughs> right, like, yeah. very extensive plastic surgery. Contractually. Yeah. Um, yeah, we should uh, though, give a shout-out to our actual sponsor, Pseudo Ludo. Ah, yes. Um, they have yet to do a Freddy Krueger pen, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they do one. Yeah. Um, you can get a kick-ass tall man pen if there are any left. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know they have some of the – no, they're sold out of Hellraiser. Yep. Uh, but coming up, they have a really kick-ass uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre pen coming out. Their reanimator one is fantastic. The reanimator and, like, There was one? a limited edition that had little like glow stick yeah. you could put in the syringe. That was a fantastic. Uh, yeah, they really are the, the cream of the crop for um, – horror stuff made by people who actually love horror yeah they put a lot of love into it so uh and for a very affordable price and everything that they sell is like way more than what you think it is like you're getting like a full fucking like experience yeah um you know i remember the um phantasm pen was the first thing that i ordered from them and i got it in the mail and it was in this like big thick envelope and i was like what the, i just ordered a pen <laughs> but it was so much more than the pen it was trading cards it was uh it was amazing original yeah. artwork uh just they, they really um go above and beyond so definitely it's the holiday season you have horror fans on your shopping list so head over to 
pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. There you go. Uh, link in the description and let them know that we sent you. So because that makes us feel good. Yeah. And you showed off that uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth 3D. Yeah, yeah. They have box a, a that they had killer uh, handmade Friday the Thirteenth pin that comes <sighs> with an amazing um, like four by six uh, or five by seven. Um, 3D um, rendering that that uh, Monstro uh, created himself. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's like the coolest still fr- 3D I've ever yeah. seen uh, through you know the blue and green or the blue and red. <clears throat> but yeah, that's another one that comes with a whole like story with it. Like yeah. it arrives in an envelope, you know, marked to mom and dad from Camp Crystal Lake. Like it's, <laughs> it's amazing the the, the the ingenuity they put in stuff. So definitely. Um, Go check them out and give them some of your money. Uh, but back to uh, well, before we get back to that, actually, yeah. uh, you mentioned Friday the Thirteenth, and uh, I, I was this really interesting thing. I, there was a horror themed uh, loot crate for October, and uh-huh. I get loot crate basically so Kiddo I can open up every yeah, yeah, and he can steal all the good stuff, and I get all the shit. <laughs> right. But uh, they included a Nightmare on Elm Street pair of chopsticks, <laughs> which is Freddy's glove, and then like two long. <laughs> points from it's his claws ridiculous wow. just absolutely <laughs> silly but they also included a camp crystal lake pendant in there which oh, that's is like cool. really yeah. neat. and actually i'll probably bring over to you some oh right on yeah we'll put it up down here yeah, yeah. somewhere um, but uh connor was pulling that out and he's like what's crystal lake and i'm like oh that that's from the friday the 13th movies and he's like oh i know about friday the 13th i'm like what because he's not allowed to watch those movies. How old is Connor? Now? Uh, he's 10. 10. And uh, because this is not the 80s, and because <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. His, his mother would not allow me to see him anymore. He has responsible parents. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> um, but uh, he was telling me, and he's like, yeah, it was about a kid who, who was at a camp and he drowned. And he came back and he, he started killing all the, 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 the campers at the camps. And I'm like, how? And apparently, I asked his mom about this, and she's like, his fucking friend told him all about it at school. I'm oh, like, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, you know, I guess it, it's still going strong out there. Yeah, Some right. parents are letting their kids know all about Jason. But uh, he took home the little stuffed leather face, uh, unfortunately. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to That was that the one. highlight for me. Yeah, yeah, that was the one I liked. But uh, no, um, this movie, what were we talking Which one? Oh, we're, we're on the best one. Freddy's <laughs> Dead, The Final Nightmare. No, it's not. Uh, this, this is the first one I saw in a movie theater. Yeah, as Fort? a kid. Me too. Yeah. Uh, no, I think it was yeah. at the mall, or it might have been at the plaza. This was uh, we. This was because uh, I remember we. Uh, I, I think like I started watching them between four and five. Uh-huh. Uh, is when I actually saw the first one, and then we watched them all in order. Right. So this was at this point we'd seen them all. Mm. So yeah, this was the one where like yeah we're getting our parents to take us and let us see this movie. Yeah, it was in three D. Oh, the nice. last 20 minutes were. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and this was 3D about six years too late for the 3D fad. Yes. Uh, this is way after Friday the 13th Part 3 or Amityville 3D or Jaws 3D or Piranha 3D or, yeah, any of that nonsense. So uh, it, it was – this is kind of the, the movie that they decided, all right, let's – cap this off in a stronger way yeah. than part five. Let's just give this series closure. And they made a big deal about it in the press. <laughs> Once again, with the pop culture uh, phenomena yeah. that Freddie was, they had like a, a an actual uh, funeral. Nightly newscasts were doing stories about <laughs> them killing off <laughs> Freddie. It was it's like true. Superman. Yeah. When yeah. Superman was killed in the comics, it was like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. It, it's weird. The eighties were a weird time. Yeah, they were. Um, this uh, involves a story of, I guess, the 
real last f- for for sure this time elm street kid <laughs> uh kind of uh being tormented by freddy and then being sent off to recruit more kids for freddy to <laughs> get i don't know this None movie, of these movies make any fucking This sense. movie has Alice Cooper. It does have Alice it Cooper. Does. This movie has Roseanne. And Tom Oh, goody. And Tom Arlen. It has Brecken Meyer. It has Brecken Meyer. <laughs> it has <laughs> Yafet Kodo. Billy Zane's sister. <laughs> That's true. Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, so the, the idea is this guy, he's lost his memory, but he knows he's terrified of falling asleep. And he gets picked up by these cops, and he gets brought to this home for wayward youth, like a juvenile hall, I guess, where uh, he uh, meets uh, Lisa Zane, who uh, is a psychiatrist there. And uh, it, she's trying to help him uh, regain his memory. I actually and really need to go rewatch this. It's, it's been so long. It's not good. I it's, know it isn't. It's but... really, it kind of, like, I, I remember really liking it when I was younger, and it probably was because it was the first one I saw in the theater. Well, this is also the one that has, like, the video game death. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Uh, Breckin Meyer. Meyer, yeah. And well, also, of uh, course, Pot Kills is a lesson we <laughs> right. learned from this. Yeah. But, um, Speaking of. So there's... <laughs> Uh, there's Give me some death. Yeah, there's a couple other kids that are the main characters of this. Brecken Meyer is basically the son of this like douchebag uh, uh, asshole prep dude uh, who's there because he, I guess, causes minor mischief or something like that because right. he's lashing out against. He's his a father. real Zach Morris of a fellow. Yeah, <laughs> has a little uh, like robot and uh, uh, goes timeout all the time. <laughs> no. uh, this is probably the first thing I ever saw Breckenmeyer in. I gotta say. Um, oh yeah, I gotta think so. He's got another uh, a friend like Carlos who uh, is deaf because he was abused as a child. Oh, that's a really disturbing yeah. sequence. Yeah, yeah. and uh, then the uh, the girl who's like molested by her dad. I don't remember her name, but who like basically like can't stand being touched or anything like uh, that, and practices yeah. kickboxing. You know, because she's obsessed with defending herself. Right. So uh, Lisa Zane decides that uh, she's going to try to take – because the only thing that this uh, kid, John Doe, they're calling him, mm. um, has is like a, a clipping about Springwood. Mm. And um, so she decides to try to take him back there and see if he can trigger some memories or whatnot. And they, they get there, and what they find out is uh, that uh, Breckenmeyer and the other two – teens have stowed away in the van they were trying to sneak <laughs> out and uh they accidentally get revealed so she decides to let them go home on their own recognizance and uh her and john doe kind of wander through springwood and at this point springwood's become like this weird asylum town where all the kids have been murdered and all the adults have gone insane ah. so it's this really <clears throat> I mean, it it does. It is kind of interesting. Movies we talked about this a couple movies back, where um, it's not shown enough the aftermath of horror movies. Yeah, you know, so like it would make sense that the parents of all these dead children would kind of go nuts, and, yeah. and it's cool that they they have that as an element. They they go. Nuts it's a super enough. cool movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, one by one, uh, so they're trying to get out of this town, and the, like the the other three kids, and they keep circling around and around and they get lost so they decided like okay it's late we've just got to crash and get some sleep for the night so of course the house they pick uh, ends up being 1428 elm street of course of course uh and they go there and freddie one by one starts murdering them all uh 
Brecken Meyer gets high all the time and loves video games. That's his Imagine that. thing. So he basically like is laying down, like getting really high, uh, and Freddie kind of he, he's watching TV and the TV's broke, but you know he's so high. This is not how pot works. Which uh, speaking of, hold on. But I will I will interject. Pot works differently for everyone. That's true. For Breck and Meyer, it's really interesting <laughs> because uh, they have actually a nice little cameo from Johnny Depp. Yes, they do. Yeah. Um, where they he does like one of those "This is your brain on drugs." <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Commercial, and uh, then Freddie hits him with a frying pan, uh, and uh, it becomes like this weird trippy thing where Freddie invites uh, Spencer to trip out, and Inagata Devita starts playing, <laughs> and like which I gotta think that would be a song Freddie Krueger like. Before all this, when he was just Freddy Krueger, yeah, that's like, a song he would he would probably cool. he was a big Iron Butterfly guy. Actually, <laughs> you know they have uh, Freddy's greatest hits we talked about earlier. Oh, that <laughs> album where it's half covers and half like kind of newer songs by yeah. generic uh, house band, uh, and uh, all of the songs that are covers, they're like from the early sixties. And I was looking at it, and I was thinking about it. It's like, these are all songs that Freddie would have listened to when right. he was young. And it's kind of interesting that those are the mo- the ones that they decided <laughs> to cover. Um, but getting back to the thing, uh, Spencer gets pulled into the TV through the power of psychedelic whatever. Right. Marijuana. And, right. Um, and then he finds himself in this video game version where he's being haunted by evil jerk-ass dad things. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like that the ending of Nick Arcade. You know, oh, where Jesus you get to go into Christ. the little screen room, th- room thing. It's that, that's See, what now you're talking is. my childhood. Yeah, yeah, there you go. And uh, so Spencer is, like, of course, good at video games, so he tries to fight off his dad. Um, and uh, Spencer's too high to wake up, which, I'm sorry, never has happened. I've been there. <laughs> they, they literally cannot rouse him from sleep because he's so high. Makes sense. And uh, you've come by on Sunday nights to record. And I've, I've been there. Yeah, and, and at this point, like Freddie's like grabbing a controller and moving him around mm. and uh, making him hop and smash through the doors. And the uh, again, this is part of the whole Looney Tunes thing. This movie is essentially a cartoon. Yeah. It's yeah. absolutely over the top, ridiculous. Um, Breck and Myers being bashed around and whatnot. And I think at one point. Um, Lisa Zane and uh, no the the badass girl um, who was learned meditation from her other doctor Tracy Tracy yeah sure <laughs> yeah Tracy that's right yeah because I remember Carlos saying Tracy um <laughs> so she like meditates and goes into the dream to try to stop it and I think she like kicks uh, the controller out of Freddie's hand who's in the boiler room and like controls right Spencer. And uh, so, of course, he uh, gets sad for a minute, shuts the door, and then pulls out his power glove, <laughs> which uh, oh, God. when I saw that, I remember I was like, I understand that reference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Now I'm playing with power. Oh, you know, it's literally one of his dad jokes. Uh, and, of course, Spencer dies of course. terribly. Um, Carlos, who'd fallen asleep upstairs, he uh, kind of is back in, like, the the fucking ghetto that he grew up in and his mom was like you know what you doing boy i'm gonna have to clean out your ears you don't listen which implies well (laughs) he was hispanic anyway um yeah he like has this this really fucked with me this was really kind of this was a messed up little yeah i i do actually think this is probably my favorite of the movie but um 
Yeah, she like cleans out Carlos's ears and like I remember this. Yeah, and this is a guy who has a hearing aid, so right. the way he can hear. And because of that, he's deaf again. So he's going through, and then he finds himself in the boiler room. Uh, and he he finds his hearing aid, and he puts it on, and Ugh. it attaches itself like some kind of bug, like little Ugh. legs or whatever, attach like just clamp on Cronenbergian. Yeah, and it, it, everything's amplified, you know, to an insane degree. Like he starts hearing this huge banging like just loud drum noise and he goes and he realizes it's like water dripping right he goes right. and stops the faucet and then freddie shows up and shh, you know, really dramatically he's high on a balcony he pulls a pin out of his finger and drops like a single pin and it sounds like a bomb falling oh down. my god and just at the last second, Carlos catches it, but then Freddy like goes, hmm, okay, has a handful of pins that he all drops <laughs> simultaneously. And uh, then, like at the very end, like he kind of shows up and he has like a little mini chalkboard that he like stretches oh, out. God, yeah. And then just starts scraping with his claws uh, to the point where Carlos's head explodes from the noise. So just the, the visual of the hearing aid attaching oh, so itself. So creepy. So creepy. Ugh. And, of course, the whole time when Carlos, before he gets the hearing aid, Freddy's back there, like, cartooning right. around. <laughs> and it's just, like, so silly. John Doe, at some point, uh, he falls asleep. And uh, he, I guess his phobia is supposed to be heights because it, 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 that comes right. back all the time in his dreams. Right. And I think he's, like, on a plane and uh, uh, gets, like, sucked out and is falling and free-falling. And it shows Freddy like pushing a like a bed of spikes like on a on a like a wheeled platform from acme from right. a, yeah pretty much and then like literally like pushing it with his back and then like plopping down and going wiping Jesus his brow Christ. like total fucking bugs bunny shit oh man so john doe lands on those spikes and dies horribly in front of lisa and throughout this uh like they've explored the orphanage where they think John Doe came from. Right. But it turns out like he, he's he sees like a little thing and they hear about Freddy's kid. And it's like Kay Kruger on this little drawing. Right. And so he's convinced that he's Freddy's <clears throat> kid, but it turns out that he's not. Catherine. It, it's Catherine <gasps> Kruger. And Lisa Zane was adopted. She's Freddy's daughter. <laughs> My God, I know. I was mind blown. So, and the whole thing is he wants, needs to use her to uh, essentially get to these other kids and get out of Elm Street because he's pretty much exhausted. He's stripped mind. The (laughs) The well has run dry. I remember Alice Cooper not being bad as his father. Yeah, Mr. Underwood. Yeah. Um, At at a certain point, what happens is like uh, Lisa Zane's character, or Catherine, realizes that uh, she's Freddie's daughter. So. I, I, I guess she figures out she can bring him into the real world, and they decide to basically bring him into the real world and then murder him. Yeah, <laughs> is their plan. Yeah. Um, so they they all the survivor, the, the other doctor, and then uh, Debbie was that her name? Tracy. Tracy. Yeah. yeah Tracy are all kind of plotting to this to do this, and what uh, the the uh, the doctor gives her like three D glasses that will like she can put on in her dream and then have control. Okay. The real William Castle. Yeah, and, 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 and so you, that that's basically supposed to be the clue that okay, put on your glasses now. Yeah. You were giving it a lot of credit though, but or not a lot, but more than it's only the last ten minutes. Is it that are okay. in three D? It seemed like forever. <laughs> it, really uh, did. It, it really did. Watching these three like mm. snake creatures so, squiggle yeah, around. They they establish that what gives Freddy 
uh, his power is these dream demons. Right. Which are these weird skull faced Dreamons. Eels, nope. I guess, that fly around. <laughs> That's uh, what it looked like. Yeah, uh, some weird little creatures that uh, <laughs> kind of like the critters from Beyond. From Beyond, a bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so essentially, they came to Freddy while he was being burned to death and mm. offered him a chance to get revenge by right. becoming their agent. Uh, and uh, which is, I think, what we always ex- suspected was the case. Oh, I'm sure this was definitely established <laughs> early, early on. I remember, and hinted like, to after, throughout the, after series. the credits are rolling at the end of Dream Warriors, and I remember being turning to my friend and being like, "You know what?" Skull I bet eels. three skull-faced eels came to Freddy when he was being burned alive. Yeah. And my friend was like, say no more. That age-old story. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, so, uh, yeah. So what Maggie, uh, who is Lisa Zane's character, uh, when she's not, you know, that's not her birth name, of course. But uh, she goes through and she puts on these glasses and kind of enters Freddy's psyche. So you get to go through and you get, like, all these flashbacks uh, of Freddy, like, as a child, like, smashing a hamster yeah. <laughs> uh, with a hammer and all the kids in his school, like, you like, taunting him by uh, saying, son of a hundred, man, he act, son of a hundred. They were right. really mean to him. Yeah. They were. And, I mean, kids I can, can be so cruel. I mean, all he was was smashing a hammer. Yeah. Right. A hamster with a, with a hammer. So uh, you see that, and then you see him, like, uh, as a teenager uh, being raised by Alice Cooper, who's this abusive uh, <laughs> drunk. And who I, I I guess it implies that uh, uh, that Freddy kills him. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Well, what happens is he takes like a knife and stabs it at the camera because this is all in three D. Right. <laughs> um. Yeah. And uh, it, it Maggie goes through his uh, brain and somehow gets to I. What the fuck happened in this movie? <laughs> I don't remember the, I don't how know. it ended. I only remember yeah. the uh, the eels. At, well, at some point, like she she grabs onto him and pulls him into the real world um, because she sets the alarm. That you know the old gag of setting your alarm to wake up after you've grabbed Freddy. Right, which gets of used. course. Right, um, and uh, it's still in three D. Mm-hmm. But uh, what they have is like this weapons locker that was established earlier in the film <laughs> that all the confiscated weapons from this juvie hall. Are collected at right, uh, like bats with nails in them, and of like course. pipe bombs, and just it's ridiculous. So crossbows and shit like that. It's like what the fuck? How are do they you doing? smuggle in a crossbow? Are they, are they fucking like sieging a castle? What's going on? <laughs> so they bring him in, and they she basically beats the shit out of Freddy. Uh, and now using several weapons confiscated from patients at the shelter. Yeah, um, and uh, essentially at one point, I think like stabs him in the stomach, and then like. It, like puts a pipe bomb inside him, <laughs> lights it, and then like runs for cover. He explodes, and you get to see his head flying, like with fire, and the dream demons like swirling around. It's just fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah, she rips his arm off. Yeah, yeah, and shoves his own uh, arm into his <laughs> stomach. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Uh, then throws a bomb and says, "Happy Father's Day." Yeah. Mm. And it, it ends at that point. The three demons fly out of Freddy. Um, so yeah, and it, it ends with basically her just smiling and going, "Freddy's dead." Yeah. Cue the rock song credits. <laughs> and that was the end of the main continuity. Uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. Yeah, um, I, I gotta say that uh, if I were the Dream Demons and uh, I had kind of tapped Freddy Krueger. To be my agent of murder. Uh-huh. You're kind of done like three movies ago, right? Well, I, I had to figure like after the first movie, 
I'd just be like going to myself, really? Okay, <laughs> she fucking turned your her back on you and you died? Okay, we'll give you another chance. We want you to be a fucking were-freddy, okay? <laughs> uh, like, find this gay kid and... Uh, <laughs> and then the third movie... Okay, really? By the fourth movie where, like, he sees his reflection, I would have just <laughs> fucking quit. Yeah. I was like, no, we've got to find someone else. This is, this is some bullshit right here. Yeah. Uh, we skipped over the sh- the TV series. Yeah. I just realized. Uh, which I remember being pretty good. I mean, it was really like it's not. Freddy Krueger <laughs> served as the Crypt Keeper type of character. Right. He did. Um, um, and he- it didn't really have anything to do with... You know the stories within were just kind of original stories. I know David J. Scow did a lot of them. Um, the uh, first pilot was actually one of I think like only two that Freddie actually appeared in the main plot. Right. Uh, that one was kind of a retelling of the of his trial and the parents going vigilante, and the main right. character was the cop that kind of led the mm. vigilante group. And the, they, uh, I think, a season later had a sequel to that one where the twin daughters of the cop who. By the way, they, they end up burning Freddy, and then he comes back and starts killing them as a dream thing. Right. It was called Freddy's Nightmares, right? <clears throat> Freddy's Nightmares yep. was the yeah. name of the show. And, That's uh, one I'm surprised I have, they haven't tried to put out. Um, they uh, El Rey actually has uh, marathoned all of them. Oh, wow. And uh, if you uh, look on the internet, you can find torrents right. of the entire <laughs> right. series. Uh, yeah, they, they released like five or six, mm. I think, on uh, DVD. I think there are two available on the Blu-ray box set yeah. of Nightmare on Elm Street. It's not, they're not really great. Yeah. Um, they're very much like late 80s cable horror anthology. Right. But I, I'd I argue that, love that. <laughs> I, I'd argue that like, like Monsters and Tales from the Dark Side oh, yeah, and everything yeah, yeah. else are far better. Right. These are pretty shit. Now, the first couple are good. Yeah. But I think at that point they realized that we don't really need to give them that much money, so let's slash their budget <laughs> and... Uh, just let shit roll. But yeah, Freddy played the Crypt Keeper, yeah. more or less. He introed uh, every episode and closed it out. Uh, it did get two seasons through, which was kind of impressive. So uh, I'll give him that much, but uh, it, it's really not a great series. It, it's pretty bad, but it's kind of adorable uh, in a way. <laughs> it's quaint. Because, yeah, it, it's, it's horror for basic cable. Right, yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting, and... Uh, honestly, it, it really paved the way for Tales from the Crypt. It predated Tales from the Crypt. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I've tried to figure this out, and I'm not 100% sure, but I think a lot of the people who worked on Freddy's Nightmares went on to do Tales from the Crypt. Oh, right on. And I think that being on HBO and kind of having that freedom to yeah. get, you know, to be actual horror and not right. basic yeah, yeah. cable horror really allowed them. And plus, you know, John Cassier is the, the Crypt Keeper. It's oh, amazing. Cannot be beaten. Yeah. So um, at, at that point, Freddy was a joke. You know? Yeah. It, it's, well, and also Tales from the Crypt, you have already built in amazing mm, uh, stories to call from. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much most of the stories, I think, were yeah. originally from the comics. I believe so. Hmm. So, um, yeah. We want to go to another song before yeah. we uh, come back with Miss Mr. Craven's triumphant return? Yes, let's do that. Um, you have a song. I do. Right? That has nothing to do with Nightmare on Elm Street. Correct. <laughs> <clears throat> way, to, uh, way to keep everything in line there. Well, I, I didn't want to do that to the people. <laughs> we, we still have Dawkins. You know? Yeah. I, we well, that's where that. I was going to go. But uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead. Little, this little, is your song. You little, intro uh, it. Palette cleanser. Dream uh, Warriors. Oh God. Um, no, this is a band that we've talked about and we've we've uh, seen live 
Uh, well, I've seen live once with you, but you've seen him a few times. A few times, yeah. Uh, Reverend Horton Heat. Oh, yeah. Off uh, the newest album, I believe. Uh, Freddy's Dead. Yes. Uh, it is the new album, um, Rev. Yeah. Uh, this is a track they really dig. I, th- I want to say they opened with this when we saw them. Or I one believe of their so, earlier. yeah. Yeah. Uh, but this is uh, like the smell of gasoline.
right. That was Ian's fault. <laughs> I'm sorry I played good music. I'm, I'm sorry you didn't play Dokken. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, well. Better luck next time. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I'm not sure there's going to be a next time. Yeah. Well, you know, if you need a new co-host, I'm just saying. I know a lot about Nightmare on Elm Street movies. <laughs> That's true. He's, he's already got like seven people lined up for a new co-host. <laughs> there you go. So. Um, so uh, next, uh, Wes Craven decided to make a return to the franchise, and this was yeah. Uh, so for the past ten years, Wes Craven has just been like, "What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> right. Come on! Uh, this I guess is not what I started. If you want it done right, <laughs> yeah, yep." Um, then there had been some friction between Wes and um, Bob, Bob Shea, yeah. and and I mean, you can see this in the documentary that we keep talking about, uh, "Never Sleep Again." But essentially. From what I understand, Bob Shea really wanted to make a good Nightmare on Elm Street film, wanted to bury the hatchet with Craven. Hmm. I wanted them to, too. Yeah. And uh, essentially invited him into his office one day and was like, look, sorry. (laughs) Please do another one. Do what you want. Make it yours again. It's all you. Look, I fucked this up. (laughs) This is on me. Make it right. Yeah. Is Is what I get. Is from what I've heard, um, and Wes said, uh, "Okay," and then he fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah it's an amazing concept, and it's possibly the first meta horror film ever made. Uh, it predated yeah, the, yeah. the Scream series by quite a bit. Yeah, definitely. As far as I know, the only meta horror film to reference itself. Yeah, sure. In, in the meta sense, yeah, it's such a good idea, and and, and executed beautifully. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, I will say that I, one of my the things that I, I kind of wish for is a little more, bit more imagination because a lot of the kills were kind of taken straight from the original right. movies, which makes sense in the context of the story, which go ahead and explain it since you've seen this. Um, well, the story, <laughs> the story is about uh, Heather Langenkamp, mm-hmm. um, Wes Craven, <laughs> um, um, Robert Englund. Uh, Bob Shea. Yeah. All the people behind the scenes are playing themselves. Um, and the idea is uh, that Bob Shea and Wes Craven are trying to talk Heather Langenkamp into doing another Nightmare on Elm Street film. Uh, Heather Langenkamp has, has gotten married, has a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe her husband in the movie is her husband in life, the guy that does the special it's effects. It's not. Um, it, it is based on him. Okay. But they were kind of concerned about – it was floated that he would play himself. Yeah. They kind of felt that, uh, n- n- no, it, it's a little <laughs> too fucked up. But, gotcha. uh, yeah, they, her husband is uh, – they own a uh, visual effects company. Uh, in fact, I think they're doing uh, the effects for Screen Queens, which okay. is uh, oh, a nice. very fun show if you yeah. haven't watched that. It's on Fox. Um, but yeah, so it, it is very much based in real life. And in fact, it, it, part of the the plot, which is uh, Heather Langenkamp keeps getting like creepy phone calls from someone yeah. like purporting to be like Freddie, uh, that was based on real life. She was getting like creepy stalker calls, but this was from a fan of just the ten of us who was very upset that the show got canceled. <laughs> so he was. I'm still, her... I'm still pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> Richie, why did you have to keep calling? I mean, come on. I mean, have you seen that last season? There's so much left to be desired. Yeah. Just like Deadwood. Mm. Oh. Just the ten of us is just like Deadwood, is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> uh, 
well, I mean, it, I gotta say, like, Carnival is probably the biggest case of blue balls that HBO has ever given us by canceling that fucking show at the end of the season, too. I, I never worked completely through Carnival. I it's, need to. It's very good. I, um, I loved what I saw. It, and it ends on such a, oh, fuck, I can't wait to see next season. Awesome. I guess uh, we'll never fantastic. see next season. Great. But yeah, Clancy Brown, Cleo Duvall, uh, yeah, really great series. Check um, it out. Uh, yeah, so uh, Wes is writing a new script. Mm. Um, it's going to be made. The people start, you know, he he like enlists Robert Englund to call and try to convince her. And I love how Robert Englund plays himself. Yeah, yeah. just this free spirit like painter artist. Yeah, I gotta, yeah. <laughs> and, which uh, I think is probably pretty fucking close to yeah to who he is. I hope so. And I, I think it's really cool how many uh, people uh, kind of made cameos. In fact, I think the only yeah. like big notable person from the series was Johnny Depp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And apparently Wes Craven ran into him afterwards. He didn't. He never asked Johnny because at that point Johnny Depp was kind of blowing up. Right. And he figured he'd never sure. say, so he didn't bother asking. And then Johnny Depp, they ran into each other, and Johnny Depp, yeah, of course I would have been in it. <laughs> Son of a bitch. glad to. So. <laughs> that is a disappointment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, John Saxon's in it again. Yeah. 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 Um, um, so Wes Craven is writing a new Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, yeah. And uh, Heather's you know, on the fence. Her kid is having strange dreams. Yeah. She's having strange dreams. Yeah. And her kid is behaving oddly. Um, it's hard to pinpoint when this movie like really starts. Yeah, it's just kind of the story about Nancy, and it's like, is this a reality show? You know, this is really odd. It does have a great cold open, though. Yeah, yeah. The the little like visual effects scene where it starts off right. in the movie theater, and then the glove comes oh, to yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gotta say that they they changed the design on Freddy because this isn't really Freddy. Right. It's an entity that Wes eventually describes what, what turns out is the screenplay that Wes is writing is literally what is happening in, in real life. Right. To Nance, uh, to Heather Langenkamp. Yeah. Which we say. find out later, she ends up getting the script and mm-hmm. looking through it. And like the page that she opens up is the page that she's reading. Yeah. Like where she, like a real surling type of. Yeah. yeah. And there, there's all this crazy stuff. Like the, this weird thing happens. Like uh, Heather Langenkamp's, uh, husband is killed mm-hmm. because he falls asleep behind the wheel and freddie gets him right and uh or the entity freddie whatever you want to call it i love it. that dream she has too with the about the animatronic yeah uh, that was the, the that was cool, cold cold open. Open. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry i'm um, really fucking high <laughs> so yeah like uh her her husband's dead and she's dealing with that and they're also dealing uh her son is having these really weird episodes and you get this idea yeah. that it's like seizures or something right. really odd happening and it seems like every single time like that kid is left unintended right. or unattended like nightmare on elm street the original is playing on the tv oh yeah and so he's being affected by by this and even though they don't let him watch the movie she after like her husband dies and while he like the son is in the hospital dealing with these weird episodes the doctor who is just super ball busting bitch jesus um <laughs> insists on like you know are you letting your son watch those horror movies you were in because <laughs> that could be traumatizing for the child and it's getting to the point where like she's threatening to like have child protective services right. take her son away right and there's this scene where uh her and john saxton are talking in the park and she's kind of dealing with everything and talking about how uh there there's a really great sequence with the husband's funeral too that's really creepy yeah. where she falls asleep during it and 
the the like uh, the coffin falls out and she sees her husband inside the thing and then like right. her son climbs in and Freddie's trying to pull. That's a cool sequence. But there's a scene where they're in the park and the son is playing on this playground thing and he climbs up to the top of this little jungle gym rocket ship fort <laughs> right. thing and climbs like way up to the top and is like trying to reach out and has like almost falls off. I think like she uh, catches him at the last right. minute and then like he's like I was I was trying to get God to take me so I could be with daddy. And and then she finds out, like, she calls, like, uh, Robert England, and he, she's asking about the script because things are getting really weird. Right. And that's where Robert England says, like, yeah, the the last I heard from him, he, say, he says he just, like, has a dream and then writes a, yeah. a, a couple pages when he wakes <laughs> up. And the last thing I talked about, he was just at the point where your son was trying to reach God or something like that. And she's <laughs> right. like, what the fuck? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, such a cool concept. Yeah, and it's the most like lavishly stylized mm. Freddy has ever looked. Yeah. With like very noir esque trench coat and like the glove isn't as much a glove as it is like and it's like bone and Yeah, it's yeah. like a, this organic thing. And it's really the claws come from his fingertips. Mm. And I think I think he has five rather than oh, four. Oh, you may be right. Yeah. Um But yeah, and it's this uh Wes it, it kind of explains that there's this entity that is like just evil that is kind of kept in check by storytelling and that's right. like where the the which really sounds like something that would come from john carpenter <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> so the idea that these people tell these stories to kind of keep this entity in check and keep him like in the pretend world or whatever and in the 80s i guess it kind of attached itself to freddy krueger and now that the movies are over it's trying to get out right but it sees heather langenkamp as nancy so that's the the one who stopped him or something like that well technically i mean it should be stalking lisa zane but yeah well whatever Uh, it just saw the good movies i guess Uh, (laughs) um so it's trying it's basically kind of uh, fucking up her son it's like stalking her on the phone and like her killing her husband and kills the babysitter at a certain point and kind of a callback to the scene where tina was killed in the first movie being dragged up and down is england killed or he disappears he he basically just fucks right the hell up yeah yeah, yeah. he like she tries to call him and uh (laughs) he like leaves a voicemail that's like if you're trying to reach me we're going out of town for a long time (laughs) like this super ominous voicemail it's like was that really necessary dude <laughs> just say like i'm going on vacation right you know but no i have to be creepy on my fucking voicemail uh again in this movie i think the final conflict is just a gorgeous set piece yeah it's oh, this yeah. really creepy like ancient temple yeah and how they thing. get there is cool too but like it's got through yeah. the sheets yeah so it's got like elements of the boiler room and yeah. the cathedral in there and then but, the, but the glue also, steps come back and it, yeah it ties in with this idea that it's this really ancient Entity, so yeah. it feels like these really super old ruins yeah. from yeah. like prehistory. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really cool, and and it uh, they fight him off, and I guess eventually they kind of the the story of like Hansel and Gretel is this reoccurring theme throughout right. it, where she keeps reading the story to him. And so they eventually defeat Freddy, and he shows up again as Follock Snake at one point, right. which uh, <laughs> yeah. is uh, my favorite Metal Gear Solid character, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, they uh, so they they eventually like burn him. They yeah. they trick him into the oven, right? And burn him like the witch and Hansel and Gretel, and they are able to escape this dream world. And then 
then she like finds the script, and which I would have hated in any other movie. Yeah, I probably would, but, but I it, really it, it love it. It works with the theme of right. it, being like a fairy does. tale, like yeah. Villain. yeah. And and the part where when he finally grabs the kid and like starts unhinging his jaw and starts stretching out, like I remember that freaking me the yeah. fuck out when I was a kid. Yeah, um, but it, it ends with like her getting the script, the final, the finished script, and it's like to uh, uh, to Nancy, yeah. thanks for playing, or to Heather, thanks for playing Nancy one last time, right? Because they were able to like finally capture and defeat this evil entity, yeah. And so she it starts off with her reading the script to her yeah. son, like as a bedtime story, and it's like not appropriate story. Maybe <laughs> Bitch, do, for, do you, you remember know, what just happened? Yeah, the, the kid's probably going to be really weirded out that you're just describing the last most traumatizing three weeks of his life. Right. But, okay. Whatever. Hey, remember when your dad died? Let's yeah. read about it. Yeah. Remember that time you almost killed yourself by trying to uh, reach for God. Um, but Wes really did return in a big way. Yeah. I mean, he really made it his own again. It's such a cool and, and original film. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. Everybody points to scream as being the, you know, what started all that. And I really think you can go further back Yeah, with the same guy. Sure. And you know, I with honestly, Nightmare. it was way ahead of its time. And yeah. I think it was very underappreciated when Absolutely. it came out. Um, and like uh, scream came out, what in like 99, 2000. Yeah, I would say. Nah, I think it was 99. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so this was like predated about five years. Yeah. And uh, it was kind of, it's kind of an interesting trial run. Yeah. But it, again, it's very, uh, it has a very kind of a fairy tale, like folklore feel to it, mm-hmm. theme mm-hmm. to it. Uh, it's cool. I, I like Freddy with the trench coat. And I like the the concept where the it's not like the traditional Freddy makeup. It's much more kind of a an impressionist painting. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It. Uh, so it's it's just super cool. Uh, such a good job, and it was it was nice to get that final last Nightmare on Elm Street movie that really went out with a bang, and they didn't yeah. make any more. And more than <laughs> more than anything, it's an incredibly fun watch. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and the rewatchability factor on it is very high for me. Yeah, I mean, if if I pop in any of them, it's going to be uh, the original or it's going to be New Nightmare. Yeah. And yep. I, honestly, after rewatching it, I think I'm going to be watching three and four a little bit more. Maybe yeah, four. I, I hate that I'm going to do this after the fact that we recorded this. But. <laughs> well, tell us about it on the next. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, some this is going to stop recording at any moment, so we'll just have to redo it again. Okay. In a week or two. So <laughs> there you go. Don't even play. <laughs> uh, so uh, what's, then uh, uh, what's in next? 2003, mm. uh, the unfortunately chosen Ronnie U. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. Best, Bright, Bright of the, Chucky director, which the, uh, <laughs> that wasn't bad. I, I do kind of enjoy Bright of Chucky. A major dream of any horror geek came true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whether we liked it or not. And this was teased all the way back in, like, uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Yep. Uh, which I could go on for a while about. Yeah. I love that movie. I don't, I will defend it to my grave. <laughs> Dude, I, it's a good movie. It is. It's a great movie. <laughs> it really is. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, this, I think uh, a lot like Halloween three, it's finally starting to hit people. Yeah. Now, this was the know? thing, like when Fr- when Freddy's Dead came out, we like my friends and I were talking about how yeah, I, I heard they're going to do a, a Freddy vs. Jason movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was the thing that was talked about like in the late eighties. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it, it they worked on it for a long time. Yeah, I mean, they were countless to scripts. Yeah, uh, had been written about it. And um, I think what eventually happened is didn't uh, New Line buy the rights mm-hmm. for uh, from Paramount for mm-hmm. the Friday the Thirteenth movies, and that kind of cleared the way for this all to come together. And it, it's it's an interesting, it's a very fan servicey script, uh, Al- almost to a fault. Yeah, I, there's, <laughs> I mean, there, there's Hypnospell is mm-hmm, like yeah. a major plot point. Uh, I think Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital mm-hmm. is where uh, the the characters are in that. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I was uh, I was at one of my first conventions ever when this movie came out, mm. and just about everyone at the convention went to see it the, mm-hmm. that Friday, and um, we fucking loved it. We ate it up. I mean, and a lot of it. When looking, I saw it in the theater, I, I had a blast. Yeah, and a lot of it. Looking back on it for me was the fact that it was I was surrounded by fans, mm-hmm. and we all cheered, and it was right. like, it was a real communal thing. I went with like ten friends. Yeah, so we we were all into it. I right, mean, we were like we came out jazz. Like, oh shit, yeah. is that chick from from fucking uh, Destiny's Child? Yeah, and then <laughs> I get to, at the con the rest of the weekend. That's all everybody was talking about. Was, right, you know, I, I loved uh, Jason Mewes in it too. <laughs> And Jack yeah, Black. And Jack Black, yeah. <laughs> um, the, this movie, more than most, uh, gets worse every time I watch it. <laughs> I don't like this movie anymore. I don't. I won't watch it anymore because I, I like it less each time. When I watched it this time, I was like really kind of mad. Yeah, it's the Kevin Smith film of the Nightmare on Elm Street series. <laughs> oh. I mean, I mean, honestly, like I can't, yeah. I can't tell you, like when. Uh, oh, what's a good title? Like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, yeah. right? I loved that movie. Mm-hmm. Watched the shit out of the yeah. DVD over and over. Yeah, same here. It might be the worst movie ever made. It's like, it's pretty close. Well, it is a cartoon <laughs> movie. It's a yeah, cartoon right. yeah. road trip movie. But I mean, but I could almost point to any of Kevin Smith's earlier films now, where I'm like, I, you couldn't pay me to watch Mallrats. Mm. Mm. Now I won't watch that. Chasing Amy is like. Occasionally, it's I can revisit chasing sweet Amy. Up until the ending is so fucking stupid that I yeah. just want to spit. <laughs> yeah. Um, even like Clerks, you watch it and you see the flaws in it. And it's see, like, I still Clerks. I still go. See, to I think Clerk, often. Clerks Two was fine. Everyone has the exact same fucking like cadence, and you can tell True. it's yeah. because Smith is directing them. Like, right. say it like this. Yeah. Right. So everyone talks exactly the same, and that really start it irks me. I love Clerks Two though. Yeah. I, See, I haven't rewatched Clerks two in a long hey, time. Hey, it's got your girl uh, Rosario. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. course. My God, that uh, dance scene. <laughs> yes. Let me just say, I, I love Clerks two. I'm still hoping he does Clerks three. He's written a script, apparently. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, and uh, it's. Uh, I wonder if Zach and Mary holds up. It's cute. it's fine. It's yeah. cute, but I won't go back to it very often. Yeah, you know? I haven't in a long time. Um, Red State, I still love. Oh yeah, Tusk, I still Tusk. Hate. Oof, it's good. Um, Still need to see both of those. Red State. You haven't seen Red State. That's oh, it's, fantastic. It's one of those like I keep meaning to. I keep meaning to. And I think we you have we had this conversation several so. times yeah, where yeah. you're like, "Have you watched Red State yet?" And I'm like, "No." I mean, I just no. Because at this point, I'm stubborn about it. I'm yeah. just like, it's just it. shockingly good. Well, invite yeah. me over sometime and force me to watch <laughs> okay, it, that's and idea. then I'll watch it. Uh, but yeah, back to Freddy versus Jason. Um, there was a bit of fan outcry because there was no reason not to cast Kane Hodder yeah. as Jason. R- Ronnie, you basically didn't, I think, have respect for either of the characters. Oh, no. Obviously. Uh, he, he was very well, kind of an outsider. Yeah. And, and because of that, he really didn't even think twice about recasting. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think part of it was they wanted someone who would be... He says that they wanted someone who would be physically more intimidating mm-hmm. than... Apparently, Ronnie has never met. <laughs> right. Oh, I thought you meant Kane. Well, Hunter. Like, I think this new dude has like two or three inches on Kane, but yeah, I don't know. I think it was a mistake. I mean, just I mean, I don't think Kurzinger uh, did a bad job as Jason. No, at all. But I mean, 
it, it, it's it, just a, for, for a fan, you're dumbstruck of like, well, right. well why wouldn't you just use the yeah. two icons? Because he's been it know? since seven. Yeah. You know, I mean, Kane Hodder is, and in this, he's even like done the motion capture for the, for <laughs> yeah, the 13th yeah. game. That footage is great. <laughs> oh, I'm so stoked about it. This beta should be dropping like any time. I'm oh, really? so stoked. Oh, I can't cool. wait. I, I really can't... am toying with the idea of buying a new computer just for the Friday the 13th game. Because <laughs> uh, I'm not going to buy like a PS4 or, or yeah. a new Xbox or whatever. But I will... I will use that a, as an excuse to buy a new computer. I, I will have a beta code available oh, for you. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I, I hate to break it to you, but I will have that. Um, yeah, it, it's really cool, and they're going to be adding single player to it, too. They announced uh, oh, that's a cool. while back. They're, the multiplayer is going to come out first, like in spring, and then like several months later, they're going to have like single player modes, nice. I guess, nice. uh, which is really cool. And uh, Tommy Jarvis apparently is going to be. Added <laughs> that's to it. fucking awesome. I'm super stoked. I'm like, yes. The only thing I could kind of wish for is is them adding Pamela Voorhees. Yeah. yeah. Like a Pamela Voorhees skin. Oh, yeah. Definitely. But, uh, yeah, they have uh, the virtual cabin. And we keep going back to Friday the 13th. I'm sorry. <laughs> but they have the this. It's kind of like a little, like, preview, like, uh, walk yeah, yeah, through. Yeah, I saw, like, a YouTube walkthrough of it. Yeah. Thing. And you can see all the Jason models and see all the models of the counselors and the weapons you can use. But they look gorgeous. Nice. Looks really good. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Yeah. So, um well, the, the plot of this <laughs> is that Freddy is super weak. Uh, he's alive again because the dream demons just keep giving him fucking yeah. chances. Um, but he's too weak because everyone's suppressed their he's fear. Trying, right. He's oh, trying, though. He's trying. Like they've forgotten. Yeah. yeah. So what he does is he manipulates Jason by appearing to Jason as his mother right. and convincing Jason to go to Elm Street and start killing teenagers, thinking that teenagers will be scared and think it's Freddy again and Freddy will get power. Which really isn't, like... Up to this point, it's not a bad plot. Well, it's not really a bad concept at all, but it's the execution. They got right. a, a Hong Kong director. Yeah. So it, it comes off as a weird, like, and this is the guy who directed, like, The Bride with White Hair, which I think, it's not how a Freddy versus Jason, it shouldn't be a fucking kung fu movie. Right. right? And that's, that's what this movie, it's a Hong Kong kung fu movie made uh, into, mm, mm. It was a bad idea. Got your nose, bitch. Uh, it, it did have... Uh, God. Um, okay, so anyway... The, you, the most glaringly terrible thing about this movie to me is, Jay, is Jason Mewes. Yeah, it, it, which isn't Jason Mewes. <laughs> which is Mewes, not Jason Mewes. But it's such a blatant ripoff <laughs> yes. of Jay from, you know, uh, of the character that, it, like, all of us in the theater were like, really? Why didn't you just fucking cast Jason Mewes? He's not I doing un- anything. Well, I understand that at that point he would have been, like, 15 years too old to play a teenager. That's fine. But if you're... Just change the character. Uh, don't give him the fucking beanie. Right. And the outfit. Yeah. You know, if you're going to have, the like, the dumbass stoner, make him look different. At least, like, fucking waiting pretended that they weren't ripping off Jay. And, <laughs> right. You know, by making the character different enough. Um, yeah, um, Kelly Rowland from Destiny's Child is in yeah. this, uh, Ugh. maybe her acting debut, I don't know, but I don't think she did much after. I don't think so. Uh, John Ritter's son. John, yeah, Jason Ritter was in this. Yeah. yeah. Um, wasted. Yeah. Uh, yeah. a great actor that, uh, was really wasted in this movie, but uh, hey, everyone's got to make their start. Yeah, Monica Keenan, mm-hmm. uh, from, uh, the Night of the Demons remake yep. later. God, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. That is a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I think one of the funniest things to come out of Freddy vs. Jason, though, is I believe it's at the end of Crystal Lake Memories. Mm. It's a PS. They cut up, they fade up from black, and they're interviewing the guy that played the Jay character. Oh, yeah? And he's going, yeah, so then when I did um, 
chasing Amy, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And he gets like into half an anecdote and goes, wait. Wait, I'm not Jason Mewes. Well, there was a, in Never Say in uh, Never Sleep Again. Oh, it might have been in Never Sleep Again. Yeah, well, this was a thing where they had uh, they were talking about uh, Freddy versus Jason, and they had Jason Mewes talking about being in. Wait a minute, I wasn't in this fucking. Movie. Oh shit! I didn't <laughs> so, know. Yeah, that. that's an awesome oh, that's like funny. fucking callback. <laughs> wow, funny. I haven't watched all three. I've seen uh, his name is Jason. Mm. I got Crystal Lake Memories on um, a package deal they had on Vudu for like. 10 bucks for that and never sleep again. Oh, nice. Which was amazing. So I'm like, yes, yeah. but I, I haven't sat through the seven hours of Crystal Lake memories. Cause it's good. I have, it's really good. I, I have to play wow a lot. I've got to, I've got to <laughs> get your wizard, priorities man. straight, man. I, I got to have panda wizard. I got a level, man. Um, um, so yeah, they, so yeah, Freddie brings Jason back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and Jason starts killing. Yeah. Starts killing. Uh, and, and the funny thing is, is there's only one, uh, Freddie only kills one person in this entire movie. Uh, every other kill is by Jason. Yeah. Uh, Freddy tries really hard. And Jason comes in at the last yeah. minute. Yeah. Cockbox. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Catherine Isabel was in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah, she uh, was. From uh, Ginger Saps. Mm. Um, I, I enjoyed her body double in the show. Yep. Uh, God, I sound like such a creep. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We're horror fans. Yeah. We're all a bit of a bit creepy. But uh, you, really, you really are. Yeah, yeah I am. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she was in this. Kelly Rowland was in this. Um and uh, what happens is they kind of figure out, they put all the pieces together, they figure out there's a conspiracy by the police to cover up that it's Freddy Krueger. Right. Yeah, which... uh, there's like a younger cop that is like, wait a minute, I think this is a copycat of the Jason Voorhees killings right. that I heard about because this universe which, is connected. Which, that actor I didn't hate. No, um, he he reminds me of someone else, but it's not him. Breckenmeyer. <laughs> a little bit, a yeah, little bit. but yeah, it's... I, I don't know what else he's been in, but I kind of like that dude in that role. His name is Lachlan Monroe. Hmm. Um, I can't think of anything else. It's an been awesome in. name. Yeah. yeah, you should do more with a name like that. Um, so they're they they basically are figuring out that uh, they figure out Freddy's plan. Um, uh, Jason Ritter was like in a, a crazy house. Basically, he was in Weston Hills Psychiatric Hospital. Right. He was put there because he swore that he saw the uh, main character, uh, Blonde. What's her name again? Uh, Monica Keenan. Monica oh, Keenan. Um, yeah, Lori. <clears throat> uh, swears that he uh, saw her dad kill her mom. And, of course, right. they live on in 1428 Elm Street. Of course. Because no one's t- torn down that fucking house of murder yet. Um, yeah, so... Uh, it uh, they figure out Freddie and Jason's plan. So what they they decide to do is tranquilize Jason mm-hmm. and take him and, and and take him to Crystal Lake. Keep in mind Springwood, Ohio. <laughs> Crystal Lake is in New Jersey. Right. Yeah. This is an impressive road trip. So at, at one point, like uh, Freddie's trying to kill Jason because he's mad that Jason is cock blocking him. The entire right. thing. But can't manage to do it because Jason is an invincible zombie. Right. Um, so he he actually is the one who like tranquilizes Jason uh, by possessing this Jason by Muse, Jay, right. uh, doppelganger. And uh, they take him to Crystal Lake, so they'll have home. Jason will have home turf advantage because Jason is the face and Freddie is the heel in right. this movie. 
Um, when they decide that Lori is going to go under as well to pull Freddy out. Yeah, the to real pull world. him out into the real world, and then Jason will be able to kill him, and then Jason will be in his home territory. Right. So everything will be great. This is a great plan. <laughs> Nothing can go wrong. Go Team Venture. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Th- that, Where was Orpheus in this? <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- that happened. Uh, and yeah. uh, Freddy and Jason have a ridiculous fight. <laughs> Freddy knows kung fu. Yeah, was, and, uh, the scene where Jason's drowning. Yeah, as he's and, under, and they, they kind of bring in this like kind of fear, elemental uh, fire versus water thing, yeah. where Freddy was born in fire and therefore is kind of terrified that, of it. Right. Jason something? is drowned, so he's <laughs> yeah, he's terrified of water. Yeah, the exposition is very uh, worn on everyone's sleeve in this movie because mm. I think it's Laurie is like drifting in and out and she starts having the dream when they're trying to come up with a plan and she's like wait jason was killed by water yeah. <laughs> freddy by fire i'm like oh come on yeah a little bit on the nose that would have been much better as symbolism yeah. right that wasn't spelled out but it was um so they they get the crystal lake and uh freddy and jason fight and things get bad and there's there's like another guy freddy and jason have an epic fight yeah yeah it, it, I mean, it is. It's a, very much it, a kung it is fu. Like a, yeah, it's like King Kong versus Godzilla. It, it is yeah. the fight is cool. Yeah. yeah, it's getting there is not right. Great. Yeah. Um, there's one scene where Kelly uh, or Kelly Rowland is trying to distract Freddie. Oh yeah. And <laughs> she, smack talking him. Well, she comes out and says flat out. What kind of faggot yeah. wears a Christmas sweater? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, this was 2003. It's the age old question. Yeah, right. and, and this was 2003, and I'm like, it's a little bit past the cusp of that being acceptable. Yeah, yeah. like I'm like we're all in the theater, and we're like, shit, that ain't cool. I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> it, it, and again, she's the protagonist. Right. You know, if, if it was the bad guy, like dropping an f bomb on, on Freddy, I, I would understand it. Right, but damn, I'm disappointed in you, girl. Right, try harder. She damn, gets girl. it. She yeah. gets hers. Yeah, yeah, she uh, does. So yeah, there's an epic fight. Um, Lori is. Uh, it, it seems as though Jason has lost. Um, Lori is out on a dock. Freddy, phrase it with gasoline. Phrase it with gasoline. Freddie jumps. Uh, a, a really great freeze frame is yeah, Freddy, like, like Freddie leaping out of the water. Yeah, it's a like, very cool like, looking fucking, like, <laughs> like mantis. Ma- Attack yeah. pose. Yeah. It literally like he's gonna crane kick Jason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it looks really cool. Sweep the leg. Uh so he's <laughs> Freddie's about to end Lori and Jason. Put him in a body bag. <laughs> Jason apparently is behind Freddie and right. cuts his arm off. Yeah. And uh then, and then uh, she shoves his arm through him, I believe. Uh, doesn't Jason stab Jason, him with the arm? He does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then she carries a torch in slow-mo and sets the the uh, fucking dock on fire. Welcome to my nightmare, bitch! <laughs> uh, so then all is well. And she loses her virginity. Yes. Right. Uh, the happy ending. Uh, and then you see the, the, the PS. Oh, of course. Jason walking out of the water holding Freddy's head. And Freddie winks at the camera, right. and you hear the off-screen laughter. Yeah, I do love that. After all of all of this, all the shit that Monica Keenan and uh, Ritter go through um, in the uh, was it Freddie versus Jason versus, versus Ash yes. comic book in the first like five pages, they die. Yeah, <laughs> was was Alice and Jacob in that in, one, in some of those two? Uh, I don't know I'm if she was sure. in that or if she was in some of the other comics they did because there were Nightmare on Elm Street comics as well. Yeah. Like Marvel published some and then like yeah. several other companies published like 
three parts of a five-part story before they went out of business, so they never finished a storyline. Yeah. Um, Yeah, uh, Asterisk is – that was interesting. Yeah. Uh, I I like that series. Yeah, no, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Uh, it's, it is a nice little fan service continuation. They were talking uh, like for a hot second about doing a Freddy versus uh, Jason versus yeah. Ash. There was talk of an alternate ending where um, they would be fighting in hell, Freddy and Jason. Right. And then uh, Pinhead shows up and Jesus like, Christ. is there a problem? So <laughs> they, they were toying with the idea of doing it. And I, I guess that movie did really well. Yeah, I believe oh, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, but they never went on from there. Had a great new metal soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you said great new metal. Yeah, uh, I did. Together. Huh. I did. Interesting. I like Jumbo Shrimp. <laughs> um, so then uh, we're like, okay, so that happened. And then it comes out on DVD and everybody's like, we got to buy this. And then you buy it and then you watch it and you're like, it was, I remember this being better. Yeah. <laughs> and then now, like several years later, you put it in and you're like, I can't finish nope. this fucking pile of shit. It was tough to get through. It really um, was. It, yeah. When I rewatched it again, I it was kind of, cause I'd only seen it like three or four times. So mm. it really hasn't worn away completely, but I watched it this time. I'm like, this is just really shitty. Yeah. This is all style. And you know, the idea is kind of sure. good, but it just, no. Yeah. Uh, so then Michael Bay in 2010 was like, you know what? We've done so well with uh, Chainsaw. Mm. Yeah. Was this before the Friday remake? I believe it was after, wasn't it? I don't know. Um, but they did also, uh, I want to say like it was Friday after. was 2009. I, th- I think the Elm Street was after. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it was 2010. Yeah, this is uh, all Platinum Dunes. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just... I just I wasn't on board from the get-go, and it wasn't because it was a remake. Right. As, as we've stated many times on this show, I'm all for giving a remake a shot because I've been proven wrong enough times. Right. Um, but when I saw the first trailer that had Jackie Earl Haley's voice, and he sounded exactly like Rorschach. Yeah. yeah. I just had issues. And that and the makeup. That. I've only seen this once. And the makeup looked terrible. It, he looked like Voldemort. And I guess <laughs> he, he, looked like, he looked like an actual burn victim. Though. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah, thing. That's he did look like a burn victim, but I don't know. It just mm-hmm. didn't have any personality. He looked yeah. way too much like Voldemort from Harry Potter. <laughs> and that really annoyed me yeah. the entire movie. Um, I, there, there's a lot of things. I like that little, like, scraping he does. Like, instead of, like, the little ee thing, right. like, sliding around. Like, slice them together. He, like, kind of scissors his, mm. uh, like, things together and creates this, like, creepy scraping. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a cool, unique, yeah. like, little mannerism that he added to it. And, and visually, it looks, it's a really good looking, uh, the director uh, came from music videos, I think. Probably. I it think th- this was his first feature. Yeah. I had a. Uh, uh, Samuel Bayer. Yeah. I had uh, a Romy. Uh, Rooney Mara? Rooney Mara yep. uh, in it. I love her. Which, I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. Playing Nancy, but not Nancy. <laughs> Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown was in it. Uh, the mom, uh, Nancy's mom in it. Um, Milfy as shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm like, I kind of, I rewatched it, I'm like, Milfy well, as shit. Nancy's mom's really hot, so, you know, I'll give it that. Clancy Brown, you know, it, it tried to class this up, but yeah. Uh, can't always uh, work miracles. Here's what Samuel Bayer had to say about remaking the film. It's definitely not a standard slasher film. This is a movie that you can mention to people and their jaws drop. Because that franchise, that character, had a profound effect on their childhood. I hear things like, Freddy scared the hell out of me. What everyone involved wants to do is reinvent the character for a new generation. And mm. I think they failed. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, I was with them up to that last bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, there's no reason to reinvent it for because the, the original character is still yeah. relevant to and, this generation. Yeah, and the thing is, he just can't replace Robert England. No, you know, and no. that's kind of the thing I liked about the the Evil Dead remake is they just didn't try to replace Ash. Right. I've come to grips with it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I I like that they changed it up enough. I think that if they had tried to replace Ash, uh, they would have made a mistake. But I do appreciate them casting me in it. Right. You just couldn't leave the goddamn book alone. I, I, I know. I got nail gun in the head. God, I watch that movie every time I see that. Like, don't don't look like me. Right. <laughs> this is disturbing me. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this. Uh, I have only seen this once, uh, and I the, really don't remember much about it. I remember is, the entire time having a look of confusion and anger. Right. I watched it the one time, and then I rewatched it for you know research on this podcast. Right. right. I like the idea of micronaps. It, it, it's yeah. kind of a neat little concept where you like you're you're so tired that you keep like slipping in and out of dreaming. Right. Now, granted, that is not at all dreaming works. Right. Of course but not. But it, it's this cool thing where you like fade in and out of the real world, and she's in the drugstore right. trying to get like uh, Adderall prescription refilled <laughs> from her boyfriend. Right. And uh, yeah, she's like like freaking out and like crawling through the aisles and keeps flashing in and out of the dream world, and Freddie's stalking her. But again, they they. The CG was neat. They kind of did a little cheek replacement yeah. on uh, Jackie Earl Haley's. Mm-hmm. So it, it, that was a cool effect. Mm-hmm. But uh, really, this, it's a boring movie. Really, the, the only like good line I can even remember from this is when he's killing one of the, one of the guys and says something to the effect of, um, you know, it, it takes X amount of time. Before the oh, brain dies, yeah. before the body dies, yeah, along got, with like, it. Yeah, seven minutes before right. the brain dies. Like, we're going to have you know? some fun. I'm yeah. like, oh, d- okay, that's, that's chilling. Yeah. yeah, that's fucked up. And this, they, they actually did bring back the concept that he was not only a child murderer, he was a child rapist. Right. And really what you find out is that all these friends that are dying one by one, mm-hmm. um, they were they went together to a preschool. Yep. Uh, when they were like four right. or something and like that. And that's where he worked. And, and yeah, he was the gardener there. And, and he was always so nice to the kids. Always yeah. so nice. And he had a secret room that he showed them. And so they like, it he started like, you know, they found like cuts like on some of them. Yep. And uh, it turns out Nancy was his favorite. Of course. So uh, yeah, he's stalking the, the kids yeah. one by one because of course the same thing happens. And they, right. they find out the backstory because... Uh, like the Rooney Mara's kind of boyfriend, who he's in other stuff. I think. Yeah, yeah. I can't. I've seen him in other stuff before. I think he was in uh, Jennifer's Body. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah. I like that movie. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I, I like it until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think it was had a. It was like a really neat, uh, interesting kind of black comedy thing. I just, I, I, I don't like the ending. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, this is not a Jennifer's Body podcast, but well, that's next week. Yeah. <laughs> I don't invite me for that one. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, so it, what he's doing is uh, the 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 boyfriend had a dream while he was in swim class or whatever, and uh, saw Freddie being killed by their parents. And mm-hmm. this wasn't even they they weren't didn't hunt him down because he got off. Right, they didn't even let the cops arrest him. <laughs> right, they just decided that we don't want to put our kids through the trauma of a trial right so what we're gonna do is we're just gonna murder this motherfucker 
And then we're going to suppress their memories. And they didn't even realize that they had been together. They thought they met, like, in high school. <laughs> right. So right. it was really weird and creepy. Yeah. On, well, I mean, creepier on the part of the parents, can, you know, considering that this started off with a vigilante mob murder. And right. Someone. But, uh, yeah, this time they didn't even let the law get involved. They just yeah. fuck it. So the, they come back and they confront the parents and they're like, you know, you told lies about them molesting us. And that's why he's coming back and murdering us. It's like they seem really adamant <laughs> that, like, this guy was an innocent dude. Right, right. But then they get, find his, they find the, the, the old preschool, which has been shut down. Right. And then they, like, find the secret, like, little molesting room. And like we call it a podcast studio, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is is that why I'm in this house? That's why you put me in this little dress (laughs) because I'm your. It's what we have guests wear. It's right. You insisted on the pigtails. I I, I should have been concerned. Anyway, um, so they 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 see the little uh, creepy little room and realize, oh wait, they were telling the truth. Right. So they decide to do the whole fall asleep, I'll pull him out of the dream, you wake me up, and we'll right. kill him, which is what happens. It's just a boring movie. Yeah. It's a boring movie. It just movie. fizzled. Yeah. Um, and now, they've talked about rebooting it again. Oh, really? Um, they, they, I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, they're they're saying it. It's not going to be with Jackie Earl Haley. Um, they, I guess they're going to try again. Yeah. Uh, don't. Yeah. Just don't. It, it's, it's had its point, and, and I really think that they... they Bookended it great with New Nightmare. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I, I think that Freddy vs. Jason was the fan service that we all thought we wanted. <laughs> yeah, until we got it. Um, but they really uh, just let it go. Yeah, um, it, that character is so tied to Robert England. Absolutely, that it's you're just not going to be able to do it. I mean, anyone can put on a fucking hockey mask and. You know, be Jason or Michael Myers. Mm-hmm. There's no though. Arguably, some can, can do it better than others. I oh, would true. say certainly true. But but they don't own the character. Yeah, yeah. And it's not. And that's the thing is Robert England's personality and acting was just so amazing in the series that, and that's part of the reason why it yeah. became a phenomenon. Um, it's a, it's a series I really have close to my heart. Um, because I grew up, and it was sure. one of my favorite series as a kid. And I, I know that, realistically, there's four good movies. Mm-hmm. And some would argue two. <laughs> I'm still saying three and four are very fun. Sure. Uh, I, I mean, shit, made Rennie Harlan a star. <laughs> Deepest, bluest, my head is like a shark. It is. Um, but, yeah, I and I recognize, again, it's not a great series. Uh, but uh, almost half of it is well worth watching. Sure, yeah. Um, and uh, I well, there's no denying that it's an iconic series, yeah, and a and franchise that's on the Mount Rushmore of modern horror. Yeah, and uh, yeah, when Wes, Wes Craven passed away the other year, um, that uh, that bummed me out a lot. Absolutely, oh, for sure. He kind of gave me that part of my childhood yeah. that was really important to me, and that I I have. Those are like kind of my earliest memories of my first friends, you know, like right. stand by me. Yep. <laughs> you know, it's, we went and uh, went on an adventure on the train tracks and found a body and uh, watched horror movies a- afterwards on VHS. And that's how I came to love the genre. Yeah. And uh, why I'm on a podcast with you guys. <laughs> so I, I uh, and will always be grateful for Nightmare on Elm Street, even though it uh, really became a clownish character. Yeah. And uh, it's, regrettable and you see that in new nightmare they they play up that whole idea that yeah. this is not 
this is not something kids should be involved in, yeah. but we got it anyway. And uh, I feel like that was part of Craven's biggest gripe. Was, I, I agree. You know, it became silly. Yeah. And uh, that's what New Nightmare was trying to come back to. And I think without New Nightmare, um, like you said, that bookend, it really needed that bookend. Because without it, our final installment would be Freddy's Dead. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> it's just not what you want to go out on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I think those are two great bookends, and then like Freddy versus Jason is a fun one shot. It's it's you know? it's the fan fan service we sh- we yeah. we were demanding, and I'm glad it exists. It's just I wish it was better. Yeah, and now we have um, you know a remake to prove how Im- important and well made that original was, and yeah. that uh, not all remakes are <laughs> absolutely not are no. worth their salt. No. Um, we'll come back with a wrap up right after this song. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us and uh, uh, enjoy this. And we'll be back to be like, hey, go to Pseudo Ludo and thanks, Aaron, and all that kind of shit. So here we go. <laughs>
they were docking Freddie, and they <laughs> wrote a hell of a song about you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we got uh, Dream Warriors. Or as Ben calls them, Dokin. <laughs> uh, thank you, Dream Warriors, for listening to this uh, extra long installment of uh, We Belong Dead. We've now put Nightmare on Elm Street in the Pantheon of Friday the 13th, Phantasm, Scream, uh, a few others, I'm sure, Yeah, uh, that we've done retrospectives on, and more to come. Yeah, uh, We have not yet tangled with uh, Romero's Dead series, uh, the Return of the Living Dead series. We, right. we have plenty that we can get to, and I'm sure we will. The Saw movies. Yeah. Um, I still need to watch all of them. Yeah, you do. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying that uh, if you guys want to do an Evil Dead uh, retrospective, yeah, I'll we be still have Evil Dead. more than happy to participate yeah. in that one. That that and uh, Friday, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street are probably my two favorite franchises. I can actually talk a lot about um, Evil Dead. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, we, tri- that trilogy I watched we, monthly. <laughs> yeah, I, I just watched it uh, that in the remake uh, earlier uh, this month uh, as like kind of a post Halloween. Yeah, nice. I just love that. I, it had been a while since I'd seen Army of Darkness too, so I was really grateful. Uh, Did you pick up Scream Factory's uh, Army of Darkness? No, I uh, got it on Vudu. Oh, right. So right. I've just got them all digitally. I'm, I don't, I don't have any room for shit anymore. <laughs> so if, if I get something physical, it has to be something like, and I should have Evil Dead a physical. To right. be honest, I do have like the DVDs, uh, like the little uh, Necronomicon. Oh, uh, yeah, those uh, are the best home uh, version of uh, Evil Dead. So, uh, but I, I really should get the Blu-ray sets of that because I do love that series. And honestly, I think uh, when the Evil Dead 2 board game yeah. comes out and we have a chance uh, to play a couple rounds of that, that would be a good time for a retrospective. I can't think. wait for my cabin carved dice. Mm, that's really bitch. cool. You know you can't use that as, in the actual game, right? I will. Don't, because that will fucking summon the Kandarian demons. <laughs> well, bring them on. Uh but uh, I mean, God damn you, woman! I I, I spent <laughs> on that fucking Kickstarter. I got you an accessory set, yeah, so I you'll have that. sleeves for all your cards, and you'll have uh, like an extra set of dice and a couple bags. But nice. um, I I got the fuck it, give me everything package. <laughs> so uh, it comes with like the trade paperbacks of the series by the people who are doing the right, game, yeah. Space Goat Publishing or whatever. Uh, it comes with like a print of, like of pages from the Necronomicon. It comes with every expansion pack. I'm looking forward to the Hitler doing. pack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they have a Hitler pack coming out. They have packs that uh, um, they they added the uh, the rotten apple head right yeah, uh, yeah. as like a boss character. Um, they've added all this extra stuff, uh, changes to the rules, and like it, it. I've read the rules PDF, and it looks like an interesting game. Nice. So uh, I'm looking forward to it, and we definitely got to break it out. And yeah, play. it'll be fun. It'll be a good time. It's probably going to be the way we christen the uh, YouTube channel. There you uh, go. Nice. nice. More than likely, um, I've promised our anonymous donor who who ordered it for me that I would do an unboxing video. Nice. So um, it'll start there. Uh, anyway, I think they're supposed to ship in like April, maybe something. Yeah, something like that. I mean, well, originally they said November, and when I I know when I kickstarted it, I'm like this thing coming out <laughs> yeah. in fucking November, man. No. So they're saying spring 2017 sometime, which I'm fine with. Do it right. Absolutely. You know. Um, so yeah, thanks everybody for listening to the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, retrospective. Um, as oh, that's not the right song. Ah, I can play Horton Heat too. <laughs> um, it's a little relevant. It's called In Your Wildest Dreams. There you go. 
Uh, thank you, Aaron, uh, for for coming over and adding your expertise. Without it, we would have very little to talk about. <laughs> thank you for letting me nerd out, and uh, I'm glad that uh, I've made it all the way through without destroying. Yeah, well, we're yeah. not done yet. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, next thing you'll hear will probably be uh, the GDGB uh, Ghostbusters remake um, bitch and moan session that we're going to put out, uh, which should be fun. And then uh, next week it'll be back to our normal, uh, regularly scheduled uh, bullshit. Yeah. So, um, as always, thanks to Harley Poe for everything they've ever done for us. Thanks to Pseudo Ludo for sponsoring us. Check them out at pseudoludo.bigcartel.com. Uh, they really are the best in the pen game and put the most love into everything that they make. Um, so, yeah, until then, let's raise a glass to a new world of gods and monsters. I'll see you in your wildest dreams. I'll see you. You'll see me as though I were real. I'll see you. You'll see me as though you could feel my breath on. See